You are tuned in to Sunday Night Showdown. Your source for live pay-per-view coverage of TNA and WWE. It's all part of the plan. With your host, Boom Boom Sexy. <laughs> yeah, baby. Internet Dave. God, I wish someone here knew about computers, but that would have gotten a laugh. Mark the Shark DiCarlo. Go ahead, make your jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. And Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexy. This is my boomstick. <laughs> the showdown begins now. <laughs> we'll pay $20. Hopefully, for the privilege to see you guys do what you have done for three and a half years. Thank Terry Funk for all he's done for this company, for help putting us on the map, for being unselfish in selfish times, for taking the young guys and showing them a better way. Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right, we're too extreme. We're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit. Or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. Start the show. This is not. We don't want to get sued by the WWE. Is not extreme. And good evening, guys. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Night Showdown right here on the SNS Radio Network, where tonight, 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 we bring you live coverage of TNA. EC. Okay, I'm confused. I don't know who's bringing you this pay per view, but ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hardcore Justice. You've been practicing all week to come up with that. Well, I figured I'd, I'd make you proud there, Dad. I didn't think the last... The and a boy, son. The last Quit interrupting. Who the hell... You know what? Do, do you guys remember the one time that, that Internet Dave inadvertently juiced and got some color on this show? You remember that? It was the best show ever. No kidding. And, and I think it, since we're retrospective tonight, the shark has gone into his bag of tricks and brought out a couple of blades, and you never know quite when on this show... Dave is going to have some color, so watch it. With that said, guys, of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay, and joining me in Casa Le 
Casa de la Sexe, the international headquarters of the SNS radio network. The one, the only, Internet Dave is in the house. Yes, I am ready for some uh, unscheduled matches. We have one match on the card, maybe two, as uh, Taz is shooting like he used to back in the day. But... uh, could be a very interesting three hours. You normally just say hi, Dave, when it's your intro, but but thank you for bringing us with that. And also joining us in the studio, we've got uh, the very vocal Mark, the Shark DiCarlo in the house. Well, you know what, uh, JJ Internet Dave, and uh, I believe shortly going to introduce the world to our special guest here on Sunday Night Showdown. I am pumped. I am jacked. And for all of the negative publicity that we've been... Uh, Subjected to over the last couple of weeks via the internet and various shows along the uh, TNA network, um, and and some of the the ECW haters that have uh, come out of the woodwork on mass. I personally, except for the uh, uh, the full-blooded Italians, Tracy Smothers. Uh, but you know what? The rest of the show should be, in a word, interesting. It should be, yeah, as, uh, as Mark the Shark DiCarlo so eloquently put it. We're starting things off uh, with the FBI, Tracy Smothers, Little Guido. I do believe that's Tony Mamaluke. It is. And Big Sal, ladies and gentlemen, Sal making their way. Graziano back on a television screen wide enough to show his entire girth. Uh, is it just me, or does it feel like it's 1998? Don't answer that. I've got one more introduction oh, to do. All right, all right. Harmony Boom Boom Sex A will be in the studio in just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Your buddy. But uh, actually making his first appearance right here on Sunday Night Showdown. He's in the studio tonight. Give it up for Brad Ward of GamingRing.com. Brad, what's going on? Uh, not much. Just watching this uh, EV 2.0 pay-per-view. Or is it TNA pay-per-view? I really don't know. Uh, uh, you got to put the mic to your okay. mouth, dude. All right. Looking like uh, uh, Tracy Smothers has, has seen better days in, in his past. And what, what's with his attire? His uh, his his Kurt Angle singlet wrestling attire. He's never worn that before ever. His nineteen <laughs> his nineteen fifties singlet. It's, it looks like as the notorious KID is on is on the other side of the of the ring here at this point, waiting for his two partners. And if you don't know who that is, that's Kid Cash, and he is being joined, ladies and gentlemen, by what looks to be. Johnny Swinger and Simon Diamond. So we've got a six-man tag starting the show off. Pat Kinney, formerly known as Simon Diamond, and of course Johnny Swinger teaming up with Kid Cash. Now John, against Johnny, the FBI. Johnny Swinger, JJ, I think was hovering around and, and lurking around the the wardrobe of the Musketeer. Do you check out the hat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very musketeerish. Yes. Now I'm I'm having a bit of a uh, a severe flashback right now, and uh, it is with heavy heart. And I I, I really the last couple of days uh, I really searched the uh, the internet and YouTube for some uh, video footage of of back in the day when yours truly, Mark the Shark to Carlo in Stampede Wrestling, managed none other than the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal Sabu uh, on two separate occasions. Firstly, against the late, great Tiger Mahatma Khan, where I went through a table, and, and we're going to find it, and we're going to have the uh, the audio, and I believe that uh, Moore Ranallo and Bad News Allen did the uh, the commentary that evening. And later on, about a year and a half 
down the road after that uh, where I managed Sabu once again against uh, the former TNA X Division champion, Hotshot Johnny Devine. And uh, I-, I watched those, and I really had some flashback moments, but no, so, no flashback moments more so than what I'm watching in the ring right now. The only thing that's missing is Joey Oh My God Styles, JJ. Unfortunately, yeah, no Joey Styles tonight. Or... The quintessential stud muffin himself, Joel Gertner. Maybe that could be a surprise. Maybe, maybe, maybe because we've been we've been assured that the the whole pay per view, except for the couple of matches that uh, that Internet Dave alluded to, the whole evening is going to be one big surprise. Okay, well, um, can you hear me? Okay, on this, my mic seems. Oh, there we go. Okay, basically, they didn't call him Tony Mamaluke. They called him Tony something else. And they couldn't call uh, Guido Little Guido. They called him Guido Maritato. So, uh, obviously, the uh, the copyright machine at Stanford, Connecticut, is running uh, running at full blast tonight here for a hardcore justice. Oh, so really, they, they've copyrighted Little Guido. Wow, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, then I would think that they would own the name Guido Maritato because that's the name he used in ECW. Yeah, but I think there's a, there's a bit of an angle there where Maritato is actually his real name, so they didn't copyright it. But if you look at who's refereeing and who is doing the ring announcing, oh my fucking God, flashback. And look at it. It looks like Kid Cash fell into a vat of ink. Your buddy Kid Cash, JJ. Yes, my good friend Kid Cash. Or actually, I guess you could say uh, the Trey t- Dog's t- good tell friend. Tell him the story. Tell him the story. Well, I mean, it wasn't on my show. It was Wrestling News Live yes. with the Trey Dog. and. I guess it was back in 2005, he did a, an interview on Wrestling News Live and basically ran down uh, America's Most Wanted and whatnot and, you know, Jeff Jarrett and the rest of TNA. And the next day, on Monday, he was fired from the company. But that's, uh, again, that was uh, Trey Dog, JSK, and, you know, all the rest that were affiliated with WNL. Not really, uh, not really part of my history with, with uh, Wrestling News Live, but definitely relevant to the continuity of Wrestling News Live there, uh, Mark the Shark DiCarlo. And uh, back in the day, and it's archived somewhere, Internet Dave, right? I think I've got it. You'd and, be able uh, to listen. I think what I'll do is I'll put the Kid Cash interview and Wasted News live on the uh, SNS archives as well as TPS Radio That'd and be funny. iTunes. That'd be so, funny. So uh, uh, Kid Cash and Wasted News live coming very, very quickly. Now, it'll be interesting to this very interested observer uh, whether or not we are, and that because the the rumors were running rampant, that in fact Danny Doring and one of my all time favorite characters in any wrestling promotion might be putting in an appearance tonight, and that being Roadkill. Roadkill has uh, is not going to be a part. Not, not going to be a part. Too bad. Confirmed. Confirmed this week he will not be here. And our guest in studio reminds me a little bit of Roadkill. That's a compliment. Yeah, well, I wonder if Roadkill will be wearing the uh, the the uh, the Austin style tights like <laughs> like they put him in uh, FCW. You remember that? Went. Yeah, yeah, that was just sick and wrong. And and did they shave his beard as well? Uh, it was uh, it was nothing. He didn't look anything like he did when he was the Amish chicken fucker. Uh, plucker, pardon <laughs> me, on the original ECW broadcast. Isn't Johnny Swinger and uh, Tony Mamaluke looking uh, rather? Mama Luke looks good. Swinger still looks like the same. Only he looks like he's uh, he's smoked about uh, sixteen ounces of crack. Yeah, if you notice the uh, the set when you walk in, you there's some barbed wire and there's some uh, some brick 
some, some brick on the, uh, the, the uh, I guess, the side little uh, video screens. Yes. I, I loved on the announcement of Tony Mamaluke that he was 235 fluid ounces, and that, and that <laughs> yeah. got a huge response from the, from the crowd in uh, the Impact Zone in Orlando. Check out the lighting. This is not a typical uh, TNA pay-per-view or Impact episode. No. no. They're really trying to dumb it down, make it look very indie feel. Very, uh, very ECW arena-like yes. in, in, uh, in Philly. Yeah, it's, all, it's all, a lot like NXT where they have a two-take camera, only two cameras going. Well, Nashville, and, Italy, Tracy Smothers. And, and of ring. course, JJ, the uh, the security tonight brought to you by... Atlas? Is it? Yeah, well, look who's on the entranceway. Is it Atlas? Is that, yes. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> no, it's, um, it's uh, Don West's uh, twin brother. You're right. It, it has to be. I guess they uh, must have uh, chartered a plane from Philadelphia to end to Orlando for this event. That was the drop kick heard around the world as Tracy <laughs> Smothers hits a one-legged drop kick. Wow! On Simon Diamond, and obviously he forgot his uh, wrestling boots at home, so he went in and pilfered uh, a pair of boots out of Kurt Angle's locker room. Now Tracy Smothers showing that gravity does not exist in 2010. Ladies Quiet, and ladies and gentlemen. Simon Diamond is about to speak. Oh, no, dear. we can't hear him. So no, it doesn't I know. Really matter. I know. That's what that was my point. You're not missing anything. Simon has been on a diet. I think he's on the same diet as Roadkill. <laughs> wow. Have you ever seen Pat Kenny that big? Simon has a problem. Simon. Yes. Simon always had a problem. He's one on the, he's on the Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy diet right now. Oh. One right. of the best entrance maybe the best entrance music in ECW history, Simon says. Uh absolutely fantastic. If you can find it, find it, on Dave, YouTube, find it. Well, if you can, if any one of you can find it on YouTube or whatever, download it because uh, it's a great uh, classic theme song to add to your library. Now, I, I, somewhere, do you, do you think that that Paul Heyman's watching this somewhere and having a good belly laugh? For all we know, he could be sitting at the at, at, at backstage on the ramp well, watching. For that. all re, for all we know, I, I think he's probably sitting somewhere at the home of Brock Lesnar in Minnesota with. Brock and Sable, and they're si sitting having a good bellyache because, you know, UCW did a lot of things, but I've never seen them stop a match to cut a promo. And now they're going to dance. Oh, my God. This is this is the advantage when you don't have uh, a card list that is, is these guys can go for any amount of time because you don't know if there's five, six, seven, or eight other matches on the list. As a very rotund Simon Diamond tries some... Some break dancing in the middle of the ring. Wow. And Tracy Smothers is asking for a microphone, ladies and gentlemen. This, this can only mean one thing. Verbal diarrhea. Michael Jackson just rolled over in his grave. <laughs> Tracy <laughs> took out his front teeth, you know this, JJ, to do the match. Yeah, he's, he's not wearing his artificial teeth. <laughs> oh, man. We can't do better than that. Straight up, everybody dies. Tracy Smothers. <laughs> Have we got some Italian music at this point? From Nashville, Italy, tell Tracy Smothers, by the way. It's a, uh, it's a suburb of Milan, if you, if, you weren't in, if you didn't know earlier. Guido Maritato, Tony Mameluke, Big Sal, and Tracy Smothers doing a dance. And now Tracy is swimming in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Wait a minute, Mama wait a Luke. minute. Stop. stop. Live on pay-per-view. Stop, ladies and gentlemen. Stop, stop. As, as bad as I thought, JJ, that this might be, they, they've, they've surprised me. They've reached another pinnacle of lowness. 
I didn't think they'd be able to stoop this low in the first match, but they've they've done it. And maybe they were watching NXT this last week and, and said to themselves, well, you know, they had the fat bitch with the syphilis on her lip, so let's try to beat that. Fire Russo, that's all I have to say. You know, well, I, I don't think Russo's Russo had much to tonight. do with this. It's no. Dreamer. It's Dreamer. It's Fire Dreamer. Dreamer. Fire Dreamer. Dreamer's booking tonight. Well, if you notice, Dreamer didn't do a very good job in uh, OVW when he booked OVW for a while. So I was Heyman? Uh, Dreamer. 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 Oh, Tommy. Dreamer. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, when Heyman booked OVW, that it was, was absolutely can't miss. It was back in 04 and 05. You couldn't miss it. And when Dreamer booked SmackDown, you couldn't miss it either. As Kid Cash used the referee for a huge jump off the top rope. Knocking about five people down in the process. Beautiful sent on to the outside on uh, all the members of I the FBI. The, I, I think the idea here was to make the mask look absolutely horrible, and then they do the spot, and it looks awesome. So um, you're shocked. <laughs> if, if, that, if that was, was with all due respect to our exalted guest here on the SNS Radio Network this evening, if that was the logic behind it, you know what? It didn't work. <laughs> now, who's the referee? I recognize. Come on, Dave. What? Come on, Finnegan. I, was, he was oh, a WWE the referee. Okay, yeah. great, excellent. Yeah. And of course, the the ring announcer was longtime ECW ring announcer. Anybody know? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. DeAngelis. Last name DeAngelis, not Peter. <laughs> Anyways, if you notice some of the chants, they're actually quite ECW like. Like uh, they they uh, told the uh, the uh, Tracy Smothers to uh, fuck off, basically. Which I, I, was, I was surprised by. I figured they would be normal. Well, you thought they you thought that they'd enlist the services and at least fly in sign guy and the guy that looked like Howard Stern with the glasses yeah. and the well, long the hair. The night's not over and, yet. And the guy with the yeah. with the straw hat, you know. Yeah, with the huge Mexican hat yeah, and, and, a, yeah. and a Hawaiian shirt. Now, what was the security team called? Maybe somebody in the chat could uh, could enlighten us. Atlas Security. Atlas Security. Thank you. And it was actually the guy that was on the entrance gimmick as dave pointed out in fact is don west brother you'd almost think it was don west twin brother they look they look identical there he is again is anybody in the chat amused by the pay-per-view so far right, let me rephrase that jj is anybody in the chat watching the pay-per-view so far we do have people watching i was looking at the chat earlier and may said that haters will hate which, you know. Well, and you know what? That's basically what Taz, Taz said in his very eloquent promo at the top of the pay-per-view. And uh, you know what? This isn't meant to be cutting-edge sports entertainment or wrestling. It's meant to be fun and a final hurrah flashback at what was and giving some of the popular uh, workers from that time a last shot at some television time and uh, you know I don't have a problem with it like everybody needs to really lighten up uh, a little bit you're not talking about rocket science here as they uh, do a massive uh, five man two four six man uh, tower of doom reverse suplex maneuver off the top rope out of the turnbuckle and uh, very well done yeah they're trying to uh, put a, a mark on what their moment is when everybody remembers them when the career is over. And this is kind of like uh, a national way for everyone to see them before they, they go away. Go the, away is a good term. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only problem I have with that, guys, is that we're talking 10 years after the fact. Beautiful full Nelson face buster or skull crushing finale, if you will, <laughs> a la The Miz, yeah. by Johnny Swinger. God love Johnny Swinger. 
And you know what? It was very, it's very interesting for uh, those of us here. And an outstanding oh. spike, double under hook, <laughs> right to his nuts. Right. <laughs> Kid Absolutely. Cash just took it right in the nuts. Right in the right in the sack. Sicilian slice by Little Guido. Oh, you haven't called that maneuver in a long time. Also known as John Cena's leg drop. Yes. Uh oh. Could it be? No, he, he he couldn't get it. He's going for the Simonizer. The Simonizer but didn't uh, hit it. The kill switch. Kill switch by Little Guido for the pin. There it is. The FBI. John, John Finnegan. That's the referee's John name. John Finnegan. Yeah. John Finnegan. Is that what I said? Finnegan? No, maybe you didn't, we, we couldn't pick up at his first name. Apparently, day. one of the crowd members wants some pizza. FBI defeats Kid Cash, Johnny Swinger, and Simon Diamond. Dave, make me a sandwich. Anyways. <laughs> I couldn't help it. What? The FBI goes over, and, and, and you got to have the term, make me a sandwich. Anyways, who's speaking. That, who's that fan that comes every week in the biker in the biker gear? Like, <laughs> Oh, God only knows. You know, it, it's amazing what they wear in the impact zone, considering they don't pay to get in. Yeah, it's part of your, uh, it's like you go to Jurassic Park, you go see animal actors, and then you That's go see right. the impact. Well, and it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what other surprises we have coming up on TNA's Hardcore Justice. Now, I don't want you to ruin your, your vocal cords doing that. Who let Vince in here? <laughs> no, I, I can be rest assured, Internet Dave, that uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon is not watching this. Kind of no. reminds me off of Beyond the Mat when uh, Vince asked uh, Draws what he's going to puke. He's gonna. I'm gonna puke. I'm gonna puke. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna puke. There wow. you go. Anyways. <laughs> well, you know what? This is hard because we have no clue what's up next. I we, think Mike we can't Tanae, even speculate on the other seven matches that are scheduled. Dave, I think Mike Tanay, in a remembrance of Joel, the quintessential stud muffin Gertner, should right now, as we have time, put on a neck brace. Put it on, Mike. Come on, Tanay. I'm just, you know, I'm wondering why we couldn't have Joel Gertner calling commentary with Taz. Maybe, maybe Cyrus. Did anybody like contact him? Well, I, I got oh, some. I, infor- I got some information. Don Don Callis was contacted, in fact, by Tommy Dreamer, and he declined because he's busy at work. He's a big way to get Tellus in Winnipeg. Actually, your your boom boom should have been able to tell you that. But also, um, somebody that's running his wrestling school and the the current Booker. For the Prairie Wrestling Alliance, PWA here in Western Canada, Lance Storm was, in fact, invited and turned Tommy Dreamer down. Um, in fact, Jerry Lynn, of course, was supposed to be, as we watched the original owner and uh, purveyor of ECW, Todd Gordon, on the screen right now. Oh, here we are. Pitbull 1, Gary Wolf. And Pitbull 2 won't be on the pay-per-view tonight, but anyways. Pitbull 2 sitting right there. Well, <laughs> okay. so that would be Pitbull 3. And oh, there, our me. question has been answered. The Blue Meanie is on the, is on the P- TNA pay-per-view. But anyways. Mole, 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 mole. He's the mole. <laughs> he was. That's Jerry right. Lynn was supposed to be in the main event, of course, against RVD, but hurt his shoulder uh, about a week ago in, a, in an independent date. And, and uh, uh, JJ, for you and I that were at the uh, PWA Night of Champions card here in Calgary not that long ago, we enjoyed very much so the... Uh, uh, the reformation of a tag team with Jerry Lynn and Lance Storm that evening. What? 
Night wow. of Champions for PWA. Night, wow. Are you okay? I was listening to what Gary Wolf oh, had to all say. All right. Okay. I, th I, th I thought you were you're trying to medicate on some uh, RBD. It was, it, was, it was a very good match. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Did you? Yeah. Right. Good. Yeah, no, I, I thought that the uh, the match with yeah. uh, uh, Matthias Wild and uh, and Superfly Dan Myers against Lance Storm and, and Jerry Lynn back here a couple of months ago was very good. And uh, I'm glad I saw that then because I was looking forward to uh, – Jerry Lynn and RVD tonight, and obviously that's not going to happen now. Well, you know what? That, that's that's the bad thing about it. Obviously, Jerry Lynn is an older man. He's not the spring chicken they used to be. You know, the fact he had a back injury. There, there were conflicting reports that I'd read this week, one being that uh, he had been booked for another indie show, and TNA found out about it and decided to cancel because they didn't want him to pull out of the indie booking. The Why other the rumor, hell not? The other rumor circulating around was that he had – hurt his back in training or his hip or something and wasn't going to be able to get it remedied before this pay-per-view. Now, I don't know which one is true, but the bottom line is this match is not happening regardless. And it's sad because this was the one match I was looking forward to on this pay-per-view, seeing RVD and Lynn one more time. Anytime these guys, uh, you know, we saw, what, three or four matches where they really hooked it up and really, you know, did a lot of great stuff in the ring. And so I'm a little disappointed that we don't get to see that tonight. I have heard, and I even talked about this with uh, one of our uh, official news sources here, from Headlocks to Headlines, uh, Chris Kelly. I talked to him last night uh, when all this news had basically broken down over the weekend, and I said, I bet you anything they replace Jerry Lynn with Sabu. And it appears that, ladies and gentlemen, that is what we're going to see tonight, Sabu and RVD which will be a good match. I don't think it'll be to the caliber of an RVD Jerry Lynn, but uh, you know what? Let's give it a chance and see what happens. Well, and you know what, JJ? For those of you that have not seen Jerry Lynn in a number of years, I can go on record with un no unequivocal doubt in my own mind that, in fact, Jerry Lynn is in phenomenal shape. At least he was when we saw him. It was like Father Time had... had uh, bypassed Jerry Lynn and, and the work that he displayed at the PWA Night of Champions show while tagging with uh, Lance Storm was absolutely second to none. He was flying around like it was 15 years ago. And let's not forget that uh, in that particular match that you're talking about, that tag team uh, spectacular, one of the members of that match from Super Wild, Mateus Wild, has recently signed a deal yes, he has. with World Wrestling Entertainment, so he'll be going to FCW. This is the first student of Lance Storm's Wrestling Academy to get that nod, so congratulations to Mateus Wild. Oh, and uh, to Tyler Black, who apparently signed with, with Vince earlier this afternoon and will be heading down to FCW, so look for Tyler Black to be dropping that ROH World Heavyweight Championship very soon, but uh, Tyler Black looking out for his best interests and obviously is going to adapt himself to the WWE style and and uh, pursue uh, further career endeavors. Yeah, uh, I uh, saw the uh, the pay-per-view uh, in Toronto. Pay-per-view was a really good pay-per-view with Tyler Black. Had a really good match. Well, I'm looking forward to him. Uh, all, all the ROH guys usually have pretty good success in WWE. So, so I'm definitely looking uh, forward, forward to that. And yeah, going back to Jerry Lynn a little bit, Jerry Lynn can still go. He can go with the best of anyone in, in uh, Ring of Honor. Now, now, JJ, a little bit earlier on in the in Sunday Night Show, you were speculating when we brought up the uh, the BWO. We've seen the Blue Meanie now, and now it's Hollywood Nova. It's Hollywood Nova. Yes, exactly. Mike 
Bucci, ladies and gentlemen. The former uh, the former Simon Dean in WWE. Yes. Might we see uh, Blue Hulk versus Real Hulk tonight? It's possible. Well, he's got his gear on, which can only lead me to believe one thing, and that's, oh, my oh, God. Oh, there's the meanie. But do you think Hogan would show up and appear on this show? I don't think he would want to take away from what these guys are up to tonight. <laughs> he had a beer bash with them, after all. I tell you what, if they want to make this pay-per-view a hit tonight, I'm, I'm going to tell you the one match that I want to see. And it's it's been rumored that he was turned down. I want to see Shane Douglas and Ric <laughs> and Flair. Rick Flair. Because right. I tell you what, being someone who watched ECW, knowing the history between Ric Flair and Shane Douglas, I think that's something that ECW fans would want to see. The guy that carried ECW on his back for a number of years. And he really did. That's why he's the franchise, Honestly, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. And what better way to really celebrate ECW than to have the franchise and the nature boy right here tonight. Woo! You know what? Uh, I would pay money to see that, but I suspect we're not going to, uh, JJ. And uh, uh, really, is there anything more disgusting Who, than the Blue Meanie? Who's that? Who's uh, that? Well, the, on the broadcast, there's some kid that looks like he's dressed in a Raven-type gimmick up gear from about 20 years ago. God only knows who it is. BW2 is oh, on Jesus. the Blue Meanie's uh, shirt. Oh, I love that we're he, picking each other's noses here. That's he awesome. Got, he got a tan and, and got a haircut. Let, let's see what it is because, once again, we have no fucking idea. Yeah, I, I was just thinking Metallopunk might be right. That might be Sandman's kid. I don't know. Tyler Fomington? Tyler Fullington? Yeah. Ful Possibly. I can't read that. Oh, C.W. Anderson. Oh, yeah, buddy. We he got looks, the enforcer in the house. He looks great. <laughs> you know what, guys? I mean, One Night Stand 2005. He does. He looks the same. One Night Stand 2005 from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. I, I counted down for two weeks for that show. I could not wait for that show to happen. And to me... Outside of WrestleMania, it was the of 2005. It was the best show of that of that entire year. You could make be make the argument that it was the best show, including WrestleMania of 2005. But it was absolutely fantastic. This one I haven't really been anticipating this much. But like I said, if these guys want to get paid one more time, and uh, as Too Cold Scorpio comes to the ring, falls into the entrance gimmick and starts dancing, yes. So Too Cold and, and C.W. Anderson are going to go out of here at uh, Hardcore Justice. I almost said e here in ECW. But uh, Flash Funk, Too Cold, whatever you want to call them. Is, God, I uh, forgot about Flash Funk, for, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, there was rumors they were going to do uh, Too Cold versus RVD tonight uh, as the main I, event. I, I would have paid money to see I, Too Cold Scorpio against Flash Funk. That would have been interesting. <laughs> 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 he's Flash, he's funky. Well, they could have they could have dressed up Ernest the Cat Miller as Flash Funk. Who the hell knows the difference? <laughs> Jesus, they could both, both dance. They could, they could have had a fucking dance off. Somebody I mean, call my mama. I'm gonna knock the shock out. We dancing with the stars. That was Jesus. This, I mean, and you know I, what? We, we we make fun of everything, Dave. But uh, I think they'd be. I think that everybody at this pay per view would be fine with us making fun of them. Well, I mean, Ernest the Cat Miller with Lamont back in WWE was hilarious. And I mean, and even Taz singing along to the song, Somebody Call My Mom. Hey, you I promised mean, you'd never was, sing on this show anymore. And 
didn't that was you, hilarious. Didn't you threaten <laughs> JJ that if he ever sung in this show anymore, he'd be future endeavored? I did, but I mean, they should have never gotten rid of uh, of uh, <laughs> Ernest the Cat Miller and Lamont. I but, mean, Lamont with the afro, he was hilarious. The best is when they did it in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> they did the dance in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, the dance during the Rumble. That was hilarious. And you know what? We make light of Too Cold Scorpio, but back in the day, he was a hot commodity to book on the independent scene. He Absolutely. was working. He was working in New Japan regularly. He was working for a AAA Lucha Libre Wrestling in Mexico regularly. And uh, if you wanted to book an independent show, and I did, and you wanted success, and and to book somebody that the fans would eat up, you booked Too Cold Scorpio. I did it a couple of times in Winnipeg, and uh, oh, okay. Uh, you know, he was very reasonably priced, and he was uh, doing a show both times in Minneapolis, and uh, flew up, and uh, the first time <laughs> uh, was a bit of a disaster because we had to cancel the whole show because of a of a, a blizzard, and uh, and the second time he he worked none other than the late great Hercules Cortez. Um, and drew about 900 people in a uh, in in December in Winnipeg at the uh, at the auditorium, and I think the high that day was about minus 43. So, you know, and 900 people, exactly. Wow, that's yep. Well, I tell you what, guys, the the first introduction that I ever had to ECW was Living Dangerously '98. I'm sure I got the date right on this one. This was Too Cold Scorpio and Rob Van Dam. And that was the first ECW pay-per-view that I ever officially bought. And I remember watching that, and I was so impressed with uh, with Rob Van Dam from not seeing a lot of him. And, of course, being a, an old WCW fan, I remember Too Cold Scorpio back from his run in WCW where he was... He had great matches with guys like, you know, of course, Chris Benoit and, and you know, was a staple in WCW. And, you know, athletic is all get out. you got to give it to Too Cold Scorpio. For his age, the man can still work his ass off and perform high spot after high spot. The guy's 55 years old, and he's look what he's doing. Skin the cat, not the cat miller. And you, here he goes. Oh, look at that. A 360 somersault plancha on C.W. Anderson at his age? Holy he, shit. He was super innovative for his time. Like he, he was AJ Styles before AJ Styles. Good, he, very, very good analogy. I couldn't agree with you well, more. Well, and he was one of the first guys that that allowed ECW to add the pure element that made guys like uh, Benoit and, and Guerrero and Malenko and, and the Luchador stand out to begin with. I mean, he was able to convi- convince those fans in Philadelphia that that was just as, as relevant as any hardcore extreme match that you'd want and that was another part of ecw's appeal was it wasn't just blood and guts and tables it was pure wrestling that you just don't see anymore i mean even the SummerSlam recap from monday night raw was the classic between mr perfect and bret hart and i guarantee you you will not see that one week from tonight for SummerSlam, the second biggest show of the year or third biggest show because it's sports entertainment and this is a wrestling show tonight, folks. Next week is a sports entertainment show, and, I mean, we're going to enjoy that, too. But this is a wrestling show. Well, to, to quote uh, Half Mage in the chat room, AJ Styles is the white two-cold Scorpio. Wow. Okay. That, that's a fair assessment. Uh, it is, and it's an excellent analogy. And uh, uh, the innovativeness of two-cold Scorpio back in the day in ECW certainly blazed the trail for some of... Uh, 
some of the guys that, that Dave mentioned, and certainly guys like AJ Styles and, and Kid Cash and, and so many others that, that watched him and were just in absolute awe of his style and unorthodox style that he made famous. Well, you know what? We think about Too Cold Scorpio here. Uh, just looking up his profile, <coughs> excuse me, he's uh, he's uh, only pot again. I thought I thought you had kicked the the cannabis thing. Who knows? He's uh, he's only forty four, born in uh, October really? of sixty five. Well, he looks horrible for forty four. Then God damn it, he looks sixty four. Uh, his name in Japan was Black Wazuma, and he's a part of Dragon Gate, USA. So okay, H- hang on a second. We're getting a little little uh, feedback in the chat. Seriously, WWE is not wrestling. What is this shit? Uh, WWE is sports entertainment from Dashing One Man X. Let me just put it this way. The WWE has gotten to the point where they have become a Saturday Night Live sitcom. They need to get rid of the ring and the wrestlers and just focus on doing comedy skits. Well, it's funny you mentioned <laughs> this past Tuesday night on the network on on, uh, on Unplugged, uh, JJ. You were so enamored by the fat, syphilis-faced thing that they had that was in the kiss-off on NXT that uh, you were so disgusted that you, you had various clips on, on Unplugged about that uh, excellent wrestling segment that they did, and uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, there's still some good wrestling, wrestling in WWE, but, uh, yeah, they, the whole the whole thing has become sort of... Uh, it should be on Comedy Central. Th- then you have Eli Cottonwood talking for 30 seconds about mustaches. True. Now, and, and that's how you're trying to find your next uh, sports entertainment superstar. Yeah, yeah, let me tell you a story. When I was at E3, uh, somebody came up to The Miz, and uh, I've seen that video where that kid goes up to Miz and says, do you remember Jimmy Crockett? Do you remember wrestling? And Miz is like, excuse me, we haven't been wrestlers for a long time. We're sports entertainers. Like, Well, he, he gets it. Miz gets it, and that's why Miz is on top now, so... Yeah, I and, mean, go ahead. Go and ahead, actually, the, uh, the the one girl on the NXT was actually the Rosie O'Donnell girl when they did Rosie versus Trump. They actually oh, used yes. the same music. It's the same girl, actually. <laughs> she looked like she ate a small village since the last time we saw her. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, C.W. Anderson with a beautiful Arn Anderson-esque spine buster, and I thought that was the three count. And wow. uh, C.W. Anderson is 39. So Really? So these guys have obviously... Just aged horribly. I can't believe C.W. Anderson is only 39 years old, and Too Cold Scorpio is only 44. I was hoping for a Ric Flair tie-in with C.W. Anderson, <laughs> personally. So I'm sitting with Ric Flair, at least. Right. Now, for those of you that don't know, the uh, the referee that's working in this match, the longtime uh, ECW referee, I used to call him the bouncing three-count ref. <laughs> Very as, original, Shark. As you can see with all these guys, they, they try to leave it all in the ring every time they... Uh, they punch. They it looks like they're well, like punching with everything they got. Well, it's, don't forget. It's time. I mean, Wait a minute. There you go. Oh, oh what was that? Leg drop. That's One, a moonsault two, leg drop, three. Dave. Wow. Oh, that was outstanding. Jesus, what a great match. Back in the day, uh, Scorpio really basically did a belly to back off the top, and really he added another uh, half rotation. It was basically a, a double leg drop. Very impressive. He yeah. kind of looked like the black golem there for a second, based on those uh, on those close-ups. But what an outstanding contest! I mean, if, if you're a fan of the three ring, three ring circus that ECW was, 
from Taz's from wow. Taz's uh, promo at the beginning of the show to the to the six man to the to the backstage segment we saw to this match. In these forty minutes, we've seen some very satisfying action to this point. Now, see, and now we're about to see something that I always respected in ECW. Now, granted, it wasn't always about swinging chairs and beating the crap out of your opponent. There was a show of respect a lot of times when you had great classic matches. And right now we're seeing a show of respect between C.W. Anderson and uh, Too Cold Scorpio in the middle of the ring as they both shake hands. Great. And Scorpio raises the hand of C.W. Anderson. Very well done. Is sportsmanship, ladies and gentlemen. That is sportsmanship, and that's uh, certainly what's missing. Thank God. Too Cold didn't make CW dance. Yeah, one thing that uh, they, they also do that in Ring of Honor is, too, something that Ring of Honor kind of uh, picked up from ECW, which I think Ring of Honor is kind of like the, the New Day ECW. Well, and certainly with, with who's booking it, yeah. who, and for those of you that don't know, um, James E. Cornette is the booker. Legitimately, he's the booker at Ring of Honor right now, and, and he Jim is always very, very old school and, and very respectful of the way he perceives uh, professional wrestling in its heyday was and how he'd like to see it be now. And he, uh, for those of you that haven't caught the latest uh, very, very amusing and entertaining tirade uh, from James E. Cornette, check out his uh, Potomatic uh, uh, program with Tommy Fierro. It's yep. uh, very, very funny, and he shits on everybody and everything that is TNA and WWE, and you know what? Whether you like James E or not, listen to what he says because he's funny, dude. Well, you know what? I mean, like you were talking about earlier, these guys are punching like and kicking like they have no tomorrow. Well, <coughs> excuse me. From a certain perspective, they really have no tomorrow. I mean, this is a one night event, and they're here to put on a, a great independent televised wrestling show. And why not give out the maximum effort? Because the fans, especially of ECW and alumni like that, will know if you're half-assing it, and they'll let you know. Well, it's very funny, uh, Dave, because what the vignette that they're running right now uh, is giving some perspectives of some of the current-day uh, TNA superstars and, and their, what they thought um, about, about the original extreme assassins that were in the Philadelphia uh, uh, arena as part of ECW, and my God, do my eyes deceive me. It's Fonzie. Fonzie, Daddy. <laughs> in hot green. Is it green or yellow? Green. I think it's fluorescent yellow. Or for, okay, fluorescent yellow, then. Your ass is colorblind, bitch. <laughs> well, well your yellow. TV's pretty old. Well, he, so. he, the Internet Day, for those of you that don't know, this week has been doing some, and you can probably hear him coughing in the background, he's been doing some Rob Van Dam <laughs> research and, and checking out various strains of cannabis and marijuana that have been indigenous to RVD over the years. Davey, okay? I should be fine. All yes. right, good. But uh, you know what? Fans are tuning in to Sunday Night Showdown here, just like they do for any other WWE and, and TNA pay-per-view. And, I mean, we get, from a certain perspective, you could say we get back to normal next week with SummerSlam and then, of course, Victory Road in about four weeks leading to bound for glory and i mean jeff really another perspective of what you've been talking about with the trade dog and the wrestling news live the last couple of weeks is i mean they're only two months from their biggest show of the year and i mean basically starting with thursday uh, the whole effing show they're calling it the most extreme match in history between abyss and van damme the uh <coughs> the the latter match involving that that weapon janice 
they've only got eight weeks to to prep for this biggest biggest show of the year uh, in Daytona Beach in about eight weeks. Uh, Bound for Glory, two thousand ten. No, you got a point. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they build to this. I mean, obviously tonight was a night where they wanted to put EV two point over in wow. all their glory. And, you know, again, I, I'm still not sold on what this does for TNA. It does nothing for them. I find it highly illogical that these guys just parade themselves in and say, hey, we want one night. Can we take your pay-per-view slot and can we run with this and do a tribute show to, to something that went bankrupt 10 years ago? And, again, I'm a huge ECW fan. Huge. But, I mean, I'm not disappointed with the pay-per-view this far, this, thus far. It's been entertaining. Seen some pretty good matches so far. Yeah. But, again, I don't see what this does for TNA Wrestling, aside from the fact that I think it's naive that they think they're going to get 50,000 buys off of this thing when they've only been drawing about 8,000 buys. Just because you resurrect ECW and put it on a pay-per-view tribute show doesn't mean that you're going to get a lot of buy rates. I don't give this pay-per-view. I would be surprised if it made 20,000 buy rates. On the other hand, it could turn people off and you could get 5,000 buy rates. Well, Shark, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, not only, uh, I'd like to just expound on what JJ just said, not only is it going to turn turn a lot of diehard TNA or wrestling fans off, but it could turn them off to the extent that they're not going to watch TNA for a while. So it, it's kind of a chance that the powers that be at TNA, Dixie Carter, wh whomever at Panda Energy, took in doing this, and somebody obviously convinced them, whether it was Tommy Dream or a combination, I, as I suspect that it probably was, that in fact, as we see the ring entrance of PGA Palakako, just incredible. Yes, He's got a just, just incredible. incredible shirt on, but because they can't call him just incredible. He can't no. because it's been trademarked by just a random person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not, even, not even WWE, but a random person. PJ Palaco, former member of Landstorm uh, <laughs> Stable, whatever. The Impact called. Players. The Impact guys. Players. The Impact Players, yeah. absolutely. You know one of the best tag done? teams in, in history of, of ECW. You know what I would have done tonight? Knowing that Justin Credible works at the Olive Garden, I would have come out with a breadstick. <laughs> I would have come out with a breadstick and a kendo stick, stick yeah. and called myself Just Incredible Breadsticks. Yes. Because that's what the Olive Garden has, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. JC Breadsticks. Well, it, oh. it would have been it would have been interesting if uh, if Justin Incredible was with uh, Landstorm and their Jason Knight. Yeah, Jason. Jason Knight, Knight yeah. would have been very interesting, but we're not going to see it. But what we are going to see is Mike Bucci looking like a cross between, I'd say, Randy Savage, uh, Hulk Hogan, and uh, Nova. Well, well, it's it's Hollywood well, it, Nova, it's basically. Ho yeah, but his his head thing looks like a turban, so could have could have thrown a little Tiger Mahatma or Tiger Jeet Singh in there as well. Well, no, I I totally see the uh, the Hulk Hogan Hollywood Hogan ripoff. Yeah. Speak and now speaking gimmick. of ripped, look at Stevie Richards. He he looks probably in the best shape I've ever seen him. Yeah, Stevie Richards is a pretty intelligent guy. He has his own uh, tech show on the internet where he uh, reviews really? electronics. Yes. Yeah, or iPhones. Oh, uh, wow. Music. Do you know what the link is? Um, Might as well. Probably just look under his real name, Google. Oh, okay. Yeah. So PJ Polacco against Dr. Stevie here, Stevie, Stevie Richards. If that's just the coolest. If that <laughs> JJ, you can do that promo, can you? 
Because it's not just the coolest. It's not just the best. It's just incredible. It's just incredible breadsticks, people. (laughs) (laughs) The preceding here on the SNS Radio Network has been brought to you through the good people at the the Olive Olive Garden. Garden. That's right. JC Breadsticks, baby. The Blue Tilly, they're well, the, calling him. They couldn't, they couldn't get the original Blue Meanie. So it, it, does that, Dave, does he look familiar to you? The, appearing in the role of the Blue Meanie tonight, none other than Juggernaut. <laughs> Actually, isn't that... Uh, Juggernaut, isn't, bitch. It's not the Meanie. That, that's Sign Guy Dudley, isn't it? it, it could I think very that well. is Sign Guy Dudley. It, it could very well. I don't think that's the original Blue Meanie. No, because Meanie was, uh, they just was showed on that the video package. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's Sign Guy Dudley. Uh, shout out from the uh, the chat room, Randy McWilliams. PJ Polacco should have come out as Oliver Garden. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I just like Just Incredible Breadsticks better. Just Incredible Breadsticks. And an even better salad. <laughs> there you go. Ra- Randy, Mc- Randy, Randy McWilliams with the, uh, with the <laughs> SNS Radio Network audio highlight of the night. Yeah, Thanks let, to let's Randy. Let's see if anyone else can, 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 you can beat that, that in the chat room. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, guys? I mean, that, that's, a, that's an interesting situation. P.J. Polacco's working at Olive Garden. Uh, Shane Douglas, former world heavyweight champion, was a teacher, and then he was working at Staples. I mean... Wasn't he a manager at Walmart? Well, he managed the Target. Walmart for all? Or, or something like that, it's yeah. Target, and, it, like, unfortunately, Paul Heyman, great booker, horrible businessman, couldn't pay these guys a lot of money, bounce checks, but at the same time, <clears throat> independent wrestling probably doesn't pay a whole lot, and you want to stay in shape, and you want to stay in the business, but you'd almost think that these guys, shark at least with their WWE money, should have been saving a little bit of it so that they wouldn't be working at Olive Garden or, or Target or, or Walmart. But, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's – I don't know where the money went. Well, you know what? The the enticement and the the glow of being in the show on the road night to night isn't conducive to saving. It really isn't. You want to go out after the show – you want to have a really nice meal, get to a really nice nightclub, do whatever. JJ, you're laughing your head off. Somebody obviously said something exceedingly humorous in the chat. <laughs> I got to give props to the Trey Dog in chat. Oh, Justin should hit his finisher, pull out a pad, and take the referee's order. Wow. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be an order of just incredible breadsticks, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's oh, one man. thing about the ECW guys. They they did it because they love wrestling. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they they, they were here for a paycheck, which actually uh, same thing with the TNA guys as well. Like I mean, if the TNA guys really want money, they'd go to you uh, go go up north to New York. I, I can't imagine a lot of these guys are are expecting a, a quick two month contract that uh, that Dixie Carr is going to be like, wow, PJ Polacco or Two Cold Scorpio are in great shape. Let's sign them. I I don't think they should be expecting that. Who knows what will happen on Thursday? I mean, the whole effing show in, in talk is going to be back to normal, back to a normal Impact episode with the regular roster. But you never know. Guys could could do some impressing tonight. And, and I mean, Dixie's wasted enough of Bob Carter's money, so she may want to uh, use a little bit more. Well, it'll be certainly interesting, JJ, tomorrow night on Wrestling News Live when uh, you and the trade dog um, go back and forth once again on your perspectives on what you really thought 
happened, why and wherefore, on tonight's Hardcore Justice pay-per-view. And you guys have been going on and on for uh, on WNL for the last uh, couple of three weeks about you not really liking everything that has been going on with TNA putting over uh, the the ECW uh, pay-per-view uh, tonight. And, and in fact, the trade dog is really liking it. I, I tend to agree with JJ. I think it's it's been asinine. It's been a waste of fucking time. It, it's you know they've done and redone the ECW retrospective. Um, how many times? Whether it's been on the independent scene, uh, DVDs, uh, one night stand, and you know it, enough's enough. Really, I think that the that the time that this pay per view has been on has retracted and detracted. <laughs> from your basic TNA talent roster when, as Dave mentioned earlier, they're eight weeks out from arguably their biggest pay-per-view of the year. Well, I mean, you've got a, uh, you've got a point there. I mean, I understand what Trey was trying to say, and, and I, I kind of back his point to a degree. I just don't think that this pay-per-view is going to get the ratings that they're thinking it's, it's going to do. You know, if Dixie's doing it from a, a fan's perspective like she wants us to believe, that she's doing it to help these guys out because people still chant ECW, then okay, sure, why not? But the bottom line is, and I, I would agree with Trey in the fact that they are trying to get a better buy rate than 8,000 buys. I don't know that this is going to do it for them. I really don't. So we'll see what happens. And by the way, I don't know who coined the, frame in the, the phrase in the chat, the fettuccine figure four, but whoever did it, fuck is that funny metallic punk <laughs> give him the credit all right kudos to metallic punk then well it's funny because i mean last couple of weeks i've been on the road and and uh decided to put some old uh wnl and sns archives in my ipod and listen to them and uh i mean we were talking two and three years ago about 50 40 30 000 buys for tna regular pay-per-views now in the last couple of months we've been talking about eight or nine thousand buys so i mean Fans gave them a chance once they went to Spike and went to monthly pay-per-view in 2005, and people are just deciding, especially with the uh, the upgrade of of Ultimate Fighting, that especially a weekend like this where a huge UFC show was just last night, people can't justify UFC and WWE and TNA on their pay-per-view. Uh, Rest in peace, and just incredible. Just hit his finish, but I thought he was going for the pin. Hollywood Nova getting on the apron. Uh, PJ Palaco, just incredible. Just incredible breadsticks, whatever you want to call the guy. Uh, basically turning a blind eye to what's going on. Not pinning Stevie Richards when he had the opportunity after that fantastic uh, corkscrew tombstone pile driver that used to be called That's Incredible, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it was. I think the problem with TNA is they keep resetting the product constantly. Stevie super kick for the finish. Polacco just was was yapping in uh, in his face, but uh, Stevie Richards hits the big Stevie kick and gets the pin. But Polacco's got a uh, got a weapon and may just decide to use it here in a moment. Can you imagine if if you are a waitress at Olive Garden and Just Incredible was your manager and you went back and you forgot to serve a side with with the with the main course and all of a sudden i thought i told you to take that out bang super kick and 
I, I, I just find that to be exceedingly amusing. Yeah, you know, when, when he actually goes to meetings at the Olive Garden, they play Grinspoon's, uh, you know, Break Your Neck. Yeah, I'm sure that happens. <laughs> but I, oh. the lights have gone out. Everything's flashing. Why do, I feel like, Sandman? why do I feel like New Jack might be showing up here in a second? Or Sandman. Could be Sandman. It is the Sandman, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Bump, diddy, bump, bump. Turn around, Justin. He looks great. He looked great on impact. He looks great tonight. To me, I think he's lost a lot of that gut that he had the last time we saw him. As the uh, the war of the kendo sticks may begin here shortly. It's time for kendo battle, ladies and gentlemen. White white Russian leg sweep. Love that move. The white Russian leg sweep. That's yes. right. Yes. Using the kendo stick. And a lot of vodka. Yes. <laughs> Bump, bitch. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the best is his, uh, his Rolling Thunders. They call it the Rolling Rock. Yes. Like, nice. rock, like Big Rock like beer. beer. Yeah. <laughs> rolling Rock, a very t a very tasteful and uh, famous beer in the United States as well. And he can't can't decide what uh, what cane <laughs> and kendo stick he's going to use next. He's going to hit him with both. It, was the Sandman ever in jail, Travis? I, I really don't know. Not this week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, well, I was actually hoping for a match with Sandman. I'm disappointed. Yeah, no. No, I, I think I think the Sandman is beyond I think his, that. Yeah, his match days are over. Well, you know what? I mean, this... Oh, and the Where Are They Now segment of oh, there's Francine. Francine. Not looking very good at all. Well, she she's a mom now. I know, and she, she had, had a breast baby. reduction. Did you know that? She did. She had a, a legitimate breast reduction, and she's uh, bottle feeding... Um, her her kid right now, as opposed to what she used to do, and that's breastfeed the entire locker room. <laughs> well, you know, I've met Francine a couple of times. Very classy lady. I'm I sure enjoyed I, every sure. time yeah. that, that I got a chance to speak with her. And kudos to her. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. I think she looks great. I do, too. I don't think she looks bad at all. No. I mean, this is this is what moms do. I mean, they... They can't even be away from their kids for, for two days. Or to cut a promo on camera really? without having a bottle in your kid's mouth. Exactly. <laughs> Love Francine, the queen of extreme. Absolutely. I, I mean, st I still remember the old Shane Douglas uh, T-shirts, Francine 469. Yes, that, that was classic. Just classic. It's good stuff. The best ECW uh, woman was Kimona Wanalea. Exactly. That, was, that was an awesome name. Yes. Yeah, another Tommy Dreamer-ism. I wonder if Sonny's going to be there tonight. Oh, Tammy Lynn Sitch? Yes, Maybe. absolutely. I think she. I mean, <laughs> she got kind of pushed pushed aside at during the Diva Battle Royal at WrestleMania 25. But what I remember, she looked really good and had and interviews I've heard with Tammy Lynn Sitch. She's taking as many independent bookings as as she can yeah. manage. Well, don't forget about a year and a half ago, she <laughs> did a, uh, a number, of, uh, not a number, a couple of bookings for uh, PWA, and uh, um, she looked. Fantastic, better than I've seen her in a number of years. Yeah, this weekend she's actually at the uh, Charlotte uh, Legends Fest with uh, Jim Ross. Is there Les Thatcher, all the all the legends? So that's where she is this weekend. So. Jim Ross inducting Danny Hodge. Uh, yeah, that's this right. weekend. And if you want to check out some cool pictures of the Le NWA Legends Fest, uh, check out Slam Wrestling Sports. There's some uh, great, great pictures that are already up uh, from the NWA Legends Fest this weekend in uh, in. Uh, Charlotte? Charlotte? Charlotte, North Carolina. Yep. Well, I mean, Taz had a huge uh, a promo at the beginning of the show, and, it, and if you're just joining us and you can find a tape, 
and you're going to find any segment, watch that opening first three or four minutes. I mean, the crowd was chanting. He told them to be quiet. He's like, hey, I'm talking here. Be Shut the fuck up. And they did. They they had the respect. And speaking of respect, we're going to see a little bit more of a tribute here. And, and with that said, guys, we're going to take our first break of the <laughs> evening and come back and cover more of this Hardcore Justice pay-per-view. Um, thanks for tuning in tonight, guys. We'll be right back with more Hardcore Justice right here on the SNS Radio Network. guys it's me mr money on the mic jj sexay of sunday night showdown if you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the world wide web you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com it's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. Keep them separated Like the latest fashion Like a spreading disease The kids are strapping On the way to their classrooms Getting weapons with the greatest of ease The gangs stake out their own campus locale And if they catch you slipping Then it's all over, pal If one guy's colors and the others don't mix They're gonna bash it up, bash it up, bash it up, bash it up Hey, man, you're talking back to me Take them out, you gotta keep them separated Hey, man, you're disrespecting me Take them out, you gotta keep them separated Hey, they don't pay no mind If you're under 18, you won't be doing any time Play. 
by the time you hear the sirens It's already too late One goes to the morgue, the other to jail One guy's wasted and the other's a waste It goes down the same as the thousand before No one's getting smarter, no one's learning the score Your never-ending spree of death and violence and hate is gonna tie your own rope Hey! Man, you're talking back to me Take him out, you gotta keep him separated All right, guys, we're back right here. Hardcore Justice on the SNS Radio Network as we have a very interesting match for you. Looks like a four-way dance between Al Snow, Rhino, Brother Runt, and who is the other, Dave? No, it's just a three-way dance. Is it just three? Yeah, three-way elimination as uh, Runt was going for that double deadly or double Dudley dog, and uh, got thrown into uh, the... Actually, sorry, uh, I can turn my mic down. Actually, uh, JJ was correct. It is a four-way dance. The fourth combatant is, of course, head. Well, yeah, you, you can't have a four-way match without head. So. Exactly. I, I, I'd hate to have any match uh, without a little head on the side. <laughs> we, we've got the Eddie Guerrero swerve right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. As Al's going to gonna take the dive as well. He got knocked down, and yeah. now all three of them are... Uh, I think he should disqualify down. head. Well, I don't here, think there's going to be any disqualifications tonight. I was just going to no. say, that begs the question. Um, exactly. Well, and, and there's Al Snow waiting for the referee to remove the, uh, the chair in question. Al grabs a little head on the side. Think about that statement for a second. Matt Heisen... Ducks the, ducks Dudley, the head. I was saying avoids the, head. I was saying to these guys off the during the break as Al Snow gets eliminated by Brother Runt with the deadly with the Dudley dog or whatever it was called in ECW. Gore by Rhino. And we got another pin. Yes, we do. Rhino wins it. That's about just the ex- most excited I've ever heard, Dave. But the Dudley dog was so. Uh, overly scripted and so easy to see coming that I enjoyed it every time Brother Runt had it reversed on him. It was just overly silly, and Rhino made him pay for it. Hang on a second. He has a pinned head. All you got to do is grab a, a, a bottle of head and shoulders and put it on the head, <laughs> and, and you, you, you can pin head. Wow. Well, they're they're going to put over the guy who's still technically on the roster right now, and uh, who knows, maybe Rhino can use tonight to build... 
to rebuild his, his, his image in TNA. I think we're going to have the classic Al Snow. Maybe they're going to give him a mic and let him cut a little promo with Head. No, I don't well, think so. Well, he had that backstage segment where he was talking to it, and then the uh, the BWO Not it, showed her, up. her, Dave. Oh, sorry. Yes, my, I keep forgetting, and uh, <laughs> I think Rhino used Head with the gore there, kind of a, a tag team gore. What? <laughs> Who the hell knows? This blue light is is not allowing me to see everything as well as I'd like to. I think your your tribute to Rob Van Dam is is Acid having drop. That's it. Is having an effect on your on your uh, on your visualization this evening, Dave? Come on, blink, blink. You'll be okay. I I hope so. Stop really smoking do. the ganja. They're showing Mick Foley reading Hogan's latest book, and uh, I heard Mick is dating Linda Hogan now. Is that correct? No, no. no? Okay, Linda Hogan's just a rumor. Linda right. Hogan's engaged to her nineteen-year-old uh, boy toy. So. I'm pretty sure Mick is still happily married there, Shark. All right, you were right. trying to spread the uh, the, the uh, venom, the w- false rumors. Who would want to split with Colette Foley? Is <laughs> have you seen uh, Colette lately? Oh. Anyways, <laughs> when Hogan has a boat actually called the Alimony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That she rides with her boy toy on there. Yes. Yeah, probably. Probably taking more rides on on her boyfriend than he has on the Alimony. Yeah, spending the money he earned. On her new on her new guy, but I guess that's just how it works in 2010. Pretty but, much. Uh, let's just review what has happened. Like I said, let's. outside of Dreamer and Raven and Sabu and Van Dam, we have no fucking clue what's coming up next. But uh, the FBI, Tracy Smothers, Little Guido, and Tony Mamaluke with Big Sal uh, defeated Kid Cash, Simon Diamond, and Johnny Swinger, and there was dancing. So if you missed it, check out the dancing. Uh, Two Cold Scorpio over C.W. Anderson. Very, very well done. Stevie Richards over Just Incredible Breadsticks. Uh, P.J. Polacco. And, of course, Rhino over Runt and Al Snow. And we'll see what happens. Uh, we're not even halfway through our three-hour broadcast here on uh, Sunday Night Showdown as more uh, TNA wrestlers reflect on their ECW memories. But uh, it should be a very interesting show. And like I said, 2005's One Night Stand led to 2006, and of course the relaunch of, of ECW on the Sci-Fi Network. Could this lead to Hardcore Justice 2011 having these guys back again? I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. Well, you know there there were rumors going around <coughs> earlier this year that TNA was looking to add more shows on the Spike TV Network. Could this be the uh, the beginnings of an EV 2.0? television show god help us all well and that's why that's one of the reasons i was kind of against this this whole pay-per-view to begin with is because i kind of feel like that's the direction it's headed now with that said i have enjoyed what i have seen so far i'm having fun with it it's fine but in the long term i know people think i'm a tna hater and i try to support the product but i don't see how this is helping them out I mean, it's doing great for the ECW guys. You guys are putting so much promotion into what ECW was, you're not even putting that much emphasis on what your own company is. And that's what kills me. Well, This has you, been well done tonight. Do you think they should be promoting the machine guns against beer money on Thursday during this show? I mean, if this, if this show was all about this roster, 
<laughs> I mean, remember One Night Stand 2006? That was Rob Van Dam against against John Cena in the if he wins, if Cena wins, we'll riot match. And I mean, even uh, Kurt Angle faced Randy Orton that night because Kurt Angle had been drafted to ECW along with the Big Show uh, for the the start of the Tuesday night broadcast. As we have another match ready to begin. Oh, is it Ian and Axel Rotten? No, wow. it's Balls nope. Mahoney. Balls it's Mahoney. Balls Mahoney and... Uh, and Axel uh, Rotten. <laughs> I thought Mahoney had turned him down. I had heard that... Uh, I had heard that, too. Yeah. Figured he was done with it. They're calling well, uh, obviously not. And, and here we are. Um, I, I just want to make mention of uh, something that uh, pertinent that Dave had to say, and that's the fact that even they're doing the ECW-ish show tonight for Hardcore Justice JJ, they, they really should have taken the opportunity to run some scripted promos uh, and video segments for the upcoming very big and very important three-hour TNA show this Thursday night. I was unaware it was three hours. It is three hours? Apparently. Yeah, it, it's a pay-per-view, basically, that they're giving away on Free Spike TV. Maybe that was the revolutionary idea that uh, Dixie was talking about a few months back. Well, I mean, not to sound like a dick, but WCW did that with Clash of the Champions for many years. In fact, they yeah. even ran one of their Clash of the Champions up against WrestleMania Four on pay-per-view. That was a huge <laughs> success, as I recall. It was. <laughs> All right, they're calling Balls Mahoney cojones, but obviously they just cheered balls, 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 balls. And uh, Axel looks pretty good, really, considering what he's been through. And I always like the fact that he had the Kiss Army tattoo on his arm. Can, can, can I say this right off the bat? Go ahead. It's nice to see Balls Mahoney and not Kelly Kelly involved with him. <laughs> <laughs> you remember, you still haven't lived that down, have you? Can I tell you what's worse, Kane and Kelly Kelly or Balls and Kelly Kelly? Well, I think Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly wasn't that great either. Don't forget that uh, Mike Knox was in uh, an Elimination Chamber match here a couple of years ago, uh, 2009, February, No Way Out. And, I mean, look where the hell he is now. But, yeah, Kelly Kelly and Balls just never made a lot of sense. Just even to say it sounds sick and wrong. <laughs> Joel Gertner. Oh, it's Gertner. Thank God I was praying to the Gertner God up there <laughs> that, in fact, the quintessential stud muffin, and God only knows he's wearing shorts. Oh, my God, those legs. Do they come with a pair of sunglasses? He has a tie-dye uh, neck brace as well. Yes. Yeah, well, he's, got, he's got to fit with the, uh, with the motif. And we got uh, some well, tie-dye Dudleys. Dave, I, ho I hope we have a, a Gertner promo because there's nothing... Like a Gertner promo. Well, they'd be playing 3D's music if he wasn't going to. I, don't, I mean, they're just walking to the ring. There's no 3D music here. But no, Gertner I, with a... No, he's going to give it. Oh, <laughs> I think the fans would riot if he didn't. I think my favorite one he ever did was the one where he was... Uh, and I can't think of it word for word. 400. But it was, it was, you know, Big Dick Dudley did things to your mother last night that's illegal in seven or six states or something. <laughs> And makes him your father or something like that. I I love Joel Gertner. This is awesome. Well, at the first one night stand where he begged Eric Bischoff for a job, that was pretty fucking funny too. I think I might just throw that in the old DVD player when I get home today. There, there was something about there was another Gertner esque line about something about <laughs> gone down more times than me than the Titanic or something. Remember that line? 
Yeah, I remember that yeah, one too. Yeah, yeah. We've gone down four hundred times. Anyways, your girlfriend likes to call me because she's got me star sixty nine or <laughs> yeah, something. Exactly. Oh, yeah. oh, hang on. I, you can't hear can't it. it. All right. You can't hear it, and I can't do it. So okay. don't do it. No, right. we're not going to do it. Oh God. Her legs. Bad Fu Manchu on girl to Gertner tonight. This is why we do the up to the second updates. This is very true. <laughs> the sexual intellectual. There you go. There you go. Yep. I'm stealing that one. Quintessential stud muffin. That's hilarious. The sexual intellectual. Yes. Yeah, that's the line of the night. Actually, no. I, I still have to say line of the night was just incredible breadsticks. Just incredible breadsticks, yes. Oh, boy. Well, they're giving him his, their full attention at this point. But like you were saying a moment ago, Shark, it, 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 oh, something about Lady Excuse Gaga me? and poking her face. I'll, I'll leave it to your imagination. But that the crowd seemed in that last three-way match with Rhino Runt and Al Snow to be losing a little bit of their, of their momentum. Balls likes the promo. He's clapping. That's hardcore from the chick. <laughs> yeah, one thing about ECW is they they let the guys go crazy. They they didn't uh, script them or anything like that. They could just say whatever they wanted. Like what, ECW guys with a live mic was was always comedy. Well, with the syndicated television, each channel had to, had to determine where the censorship level was. But you have to think those censor those censors in the, those offices probably laughed their ass off before they beeped all this stuff. <laughs> but I mean. Now it's time for the Dudleys, and don't be surprised that leading into Thursday night that uh, Brother Ray turns on Devon simply to continue what's been going on in the whole uh, in the in the whole uh, promo that they and the whole program that they've had over the last three or four months with Jesse Neal. But uh, like I said, we get back to normal TNA Impact programming this Thursday with a very hardcore match, the Stairway to Janice match between Abyss and Rob Van Dam for the World Heavyweight Championship with Eric Bischoff as your special guest referee. Dave, I heard Janice for the match has got a new hairdo. <coughs> oh, God. Will, it, <laughs> will, will the crowd chant beat that meat again? Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Oh, I can't say that. Always call them the Dudleys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somewhere in Titan Towers, Jerry McDevitt is sitting taking notes of what's going on in the pay-per-view tonight so he can get all the facts straight for when this whole fucking thing goes to circuit court. And I'll bet you Paulie is sitting at his home in front of no, his... No, no, he's sitting at Brock Lesnar's home being served crumpets and tea by Sable. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, they're. you're right, Shark. You mentioned it at the beginning of the show. The two of them probably are sitting in Minneapolis watching this show and having a really good time, Do, having just, a lot of fun. JJ, just, just an assumption, but is the intro to the match going to be longer than the match? No, I think this one's going to go a few minutes. Yeah? I don't know. Well, it's funny you mentioned Brock Lesnar. I flipped through Raw last night, and you got to love Jerry the L King Lawler and Michael Cole talking about how Sheamus probably had the best first year of anybody in the history of the business. Right. Oh, I don't know. I think Brock Lesnar had a pretty good first year yeah, good in the first history year. of business. Oh, man. Devon's blown up. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> WWE likes to create their own history. 
Usually has a two-week two week memory, too. Oh, apparently the match has started. Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney here against uh, Team 3D. Bubba Ray and Devon. And uh, the stip has been set. It is a South Philly street fight in the impact zone. In Orlando. It's, it's actually yeah. called the extreme zone tonight. Okay, all right. Pardon yeah, me. exactly. All well, right. yeah, why didn't Ray uh, stutter when he said S -s -s street fight or something like that? He sh they should have done that. But maybe, who knows? Maybe Vince even has that copyrighted. Who knows? I'm just sure he does, Dave. Well, I mean, I mean, Goldvest does it, so maybe he's copyrighted. So. Well, that's what they had Matt Morgan doing when he was in WWE. Actually, is that supposed to be for uh, Brock Lesnar? Actually, be before uh, it was given to uh, Morgan. Oh, the old WCW uh, split screen. Yeah, haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> that's funny. They made the screen so, so small that you could hardly see what was on on either screen. And uh, obviously, <laughs> 3D and Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney... Uh, are getting ready to beat the absolute hell out of each other here at uh, at Hardcore Justice here at uh, TNA's. My God. <laughs> Axel Rotten just got <laughs> lambasted by a water bottle. <laughs> That's extreme. It's interesting to see Axel Rotten with dark hair. Yeah, he looks pretty uh, uh, normal and upstanding. I, I don't know if he's a real estate agent or a, a druggist pharmacist, if you will. Uh, I don't know what he does for a living right now, but uh, yeah, he looks a lot different. Except for the... And the dead giveaway for me was the Kiss Army tattoo. SummerSlam one week away, guys. What are we, what are we thinking here? I mean, the team WWE seems to be disintegrating before our minds and, and before our eyes, and it almost looks like uh, the Nexus team should have no trouble maintaining themselves uh, after SummerSlam one week from tonight that we'll be covering here live on SNS. Yeah, I'm going to speculate now John Morrison turns on Team Raw. So then they'd be short three members. No, in. no, he's going to turn in the match at SummerSlam <laughs> oh, okay. and allow right the Nexus to get the win. Isn't there two open spots right now in Team WWE? No, nah, they're going to bring back Edge and Jericho. You think so? Yeah. And, right. I, and, I, and I say Triple H comes back on Raw. Triple H is back. Isn't he having surgery? Yeah. Uh, he, he had surgery, yeah. but he wasn't wearing the arm brace when he did his uh, Miracle Network uh, experience. So he, he might be okay. He may come back in a speaking role and, and do something, but I don't know that he'll be wrestling for a while. I, I, I see for some reason either Triple H or John Cena lying with a Nexus somehow. One of those two. Well, you know, I mean, John Cena would be the obvious choice. I would like to see that happen just because it would be a new dynamic to that character. But when I really think about in terms of what John Cena means to the WWE universe, to the to the to the kids that buy his merchandise, I mean, he is the biggest merchandise seller in that company. Uh, here's the, here's the only thing though is is that merchandise would go with NXT. NXT would have that merchandise. Everyone would buy the NXT merchandise then. So I, I think NXT could be hot like the NWO was, and the fans would kind of get behind them, and kind of like they did with the NWO. I, I see your thinking. A portion, a portion of the fans, not all of them. And I can see that happening too, guys, but not just yet. Not just yet. Down the road, I, I can totally see that, and the, the fans might eat it up. But not I think only. that they've gone so far, so long, so hard with getting them over as hated heels that I can't see them blowing that up right now. Not only do we have Raw, we have SmackDown and the great storyline going on with Kane and The Undertaker. And... Uh, uh, who knows what's going to happen there? Like, his Undertaker, he's advertised for SummerSlam, but 
he hasn't shown up yet. Like I, you would have thought, last SmackDown they would have advertised them, say Undertaker is going to make an appearance or something. Yeah, but it makes it makes more sense to keep it secret, and that way they have the the title match between Mysterio and Kane, and the Undertaker comes out, interferes in the match, mm -hmm. and lets Rey Mysterio become a three-time World Heavyweight Champion. Excuse me, three-time World Champion. And that way they free up The Undertaker and yeah. Kane. Although I would like to see The Undertaker and Kane feud over, the quite belt. frankly, a title belt. Yeah, well, the thing is, though, they have Night of Champions coming up. So I, I think, uh, do you think Kane stays in the mix with a title pitcher after uh, SummerSlam? You know what? I'd like to see him hold that belt. I don't want to see Mysterio get it again. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. I mean, he needs that Hawaiian vacation after all. He does want that vacation, yeah. <laughs> I, but like I said, I would like to see a, a match between Kane and The Undertaker for a championship because we've never seen that in their, their whole career. They've never had a one-on-one -on -one match where one of them was the champion and the other was the challenger. And it's a new dynamic. It's not the same old thing. It would be something different yet similar. And I think that's the way to go. But we'll see if they execute that at SummerSlam. Well, I mean, uh, the talk in the chat room right now is the impact on the business and what would happen if John Cena did actually turn turn heel and join the Nexus? Well, I mean, in a sense, it would almost be like putting a gun to your head and committing suicide. I mean, to a lot of us that don't like John Cena, it'd be a great idea because we want to see something different. But to the casual, to the to the kids that look up to John Cena and think that he's you know the hero, and the kids that want mommy and daddy to buy the John Cena merchandise, and with him being the top draw in the company. It, it would take a. It would take some of that money away because I don't think a lot of people are going to buy Heel John Cena merchandise, ladies and gentlemen. Boom Boom is joining the program. What do you have to say? Well, I got to throw my two cents here. So, right now, John Cena is he? He's a pretty big deal around there. A few years ago, you may remember a, a kind of a big deal with a little name like Hulk Hogan, who was kind of kind of fading away, and then all of a sudden. What happened? America's hero turned heel, and he was the biggest thing since sliced bread. So imagine Hulk Hogan being in his prime when that happened, turning heel, and the explosion that that would have set off. Think about that one, Cena hater. No, I see what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to reinvigorate John Cena's career in the WWE. Not that it needs to be. I think he's kind of boring and bland, and, and I'm sick of the old John Cena character. Well, 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 here's the deal. If he turns heel, he can actually wrestle. Balls Mahoney has John a lightsaber. Cena, John it's Cena can actually wrestle. Back like, to he wrestle. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Brad. Okay. Finish what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, John Cena was, could actually wrestle when he was a heel character. And what, if he turned heel this way, he could work more the most of the matches instead of winning off of, like, five moves, basically, which I, I, I wouldn't mind. That's a good point. What Internet Dave was trying to say so eloquently, we have a lightsaber battle going on, ladies and gentlemen, between Balls Mahoney and Brother Ray, who's just been done in. He's been stabbed with the lightsaber. Well, and, and JJ, from that, from that camera angle, it looked like he was stabbed right in the midsection. Just remember, Bubba, the force is with you always. Ah, uh, nice. Lightsaber to the balls, literally. <laughs> literally. Right in the cojones, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, and it's very uh, the f not funny, but very interesting. <laughs> the uh, the scenario that oh, please don't do. This. Oh no, he's breakdancing. 
Anyways, uh, gives the uh, DS crotch <laughs> chop. And, this is uh, a fun show, guys. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. And there was, we see the EC dub sign. But it's, it's very interesting, the uh, perspective that Boom Boom gave. And, and really, if you could have envisioned Hulk Hogan being a turning heel in the heyday of his babyface run back in the mid-'80s. I mean, the, the kids, Boom Boom, love John Cena so much. To give you an illustration. Kind of like they loved Hulk Hogan. Yes, I, I would definitely assimilate it. In, in my household, my six-year-old has said, Daddy... Can we make a little bit of a deal? And I make like, yeah, what? You're not going to make me talk to your mother again, are you? But no, all kidding aside, oh, uh, my God. He, he's like, you know, please don't talk while John Cena is wrestling. I'm like, okay, I'll go take a shit now. Okay. And, and that's how much the kids love John Cena is they, they, they have gone overboard with the whole Cena thing. And yes, his whole persona and yes. The whole character and his in-ring work, to say the least, is stale. But the kids Very still stale. love him. The kids still love him, and it's all about at Titan Towers the mighty sale of the merchandise, and nobody sells more merchandise in the Fed than John Cena. But how big would it be? I mean, basically, you would have to assume he would take over leadership of the Nexus, and it would be gang warfare. It would be eight on one in the back, in the ring, in the stands. Everywhere, I don't buy on it for SmackDown. A second. Yeah, I don't buy it for everywhere. a second, Dave. Given the fact that um, <coughs> Nexus already has a, a leader and, and a mouthpiece in Wade Barrett, and I, and I think they put so much stock and emphasis into him as referee John Finnegan ducks the double clothesline uh, from uh, Balls Mahoney, and uh, uh, and there's the uh, the two count. This is so contrived and yeah. That's and, it. We've seen it a million times yeah, before. Yeah. It's still fun. Yeah, the thing is, though, if they put Cena in the role, they have that one-two punch combo with Wade Bear and John Cena. They can put those two in the main event constantly, and they could and they could uh, be be fighting the top guys on on the the, the good guys side side of the team. And and I and just just like I said, just like I said before, the, the merchandise would come with John Cena. They have that that simple yellow and black colors. It look good. Make some hey, make some a uh, Nexus Triple H affliction shirts. I mean, they could they could do wealth merchandise. Well, can you think of how many fans may 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 come back to the the program to see what the hell Cena is going to do as a heel? Because obviously Hogan doing the same act in WCW as he did in WWE eventually got tiring, not only for the fans, but it got tiring for him too. He he didn't want to have to do it over and over and over again. And and Hollywood Hogan rejuvenated his career and. Cena probably doesn't think his career needs to be rejuvenated, but it would draw a lot of mainstream reaction, and people would want to see Cena Uh heal, as we may have a flaming table. The only thing that would make this table more flaming than that Ronson lighter fluid is if Joel Gertner was on the table. So this is the last thing that I'm going to say about that, but um, Cena was awesome as a heel. He cut fabulous promos he was great and he legitimately hated his guts yep and and now he is beloved by that the audience that wwe is going for and if there's one thing that i learned as a heel it's that if you make them love you they will hate you that much more even more yeah when you stab them in the back yeah flaming tables and we've got team 3d 
taking Balls Mahoney to the table. He's by God, he's got a family. He's been lit on fire. Oh my God, he's got a family. Damn it! And John's got a family. And referee John Finnegan administers the three count, and your winners, with a little help from the quintessential stud muffin Joel Gertner and a big can of Ronson lighter fluid and a flaming table and a flaming table team 3d yeah to me that match looked so like they literally memorized it backstage because it it didn't take any thought or imagination and they just hit their spots until a flaming table resulted in the pin of one one of the four guys i mean this this was a great match in from a certain perspective but very formulaic and and didn't have a lot of originality like a lot of the other matches have had here in at Hardcore Justice. Tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe we've had a new term coined here on Sunday Night Showdown here on the SNS Radio Network, and that would be Dave's term. Dave, you want to re- reiterate that? What did I say? JJ, you want to enlighten us again what he just said? I just tried to, I get it right. It is formulaic. Formulaic, ladies and gentlemen, and a new word here. And the flaming table, I think, I, I, I believe that there was a flaming table in the Gay Pride Parade in Vancouver last week. Boom, boom. It's New Jack. It's time to get, <laughs> it's time, it's time to get gangsta. It, uh-uh. it is the original gangsta New Jack. And Mustafa. And, and Mustafa. Man, can you? Well, there's Mustafa anyway. I don't yeah. see New Jack just I don't yet. see New Jack. He's going to come from behind, I bet Bubba's, you. Yeah. Oh, no, there, there no, he's he is. <laughs> oh, man. New can Jack you? out of jail, ladies and gentlemen. New well, Jack for the week, for the weekend right. for the weekend only. He got a weekend day pet. Pa- he got a weekend pass to Orlando. I'm surprised they let him on the f- on the plane. But New Jack is is <laughs> loaded with a garbage can full of weapons, and 3D are ready for them. The man that Jeff Jarrett got his influence, the El Cabong of wrestling, New Jack, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, because nobody was hitting people with guitars. Before New Jack, except Jeff Jarrett. And, and Mustafa coming to the ring, ladies and gentlemen, with the proverbial kitchen sink. Yes. Yeah. Ouch. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. I don't know. Ha- has anyone ever taken more damage combined in their career more than Devon Dudley? Other than New Jack. Other than uh, New Jack. You know, prior to the, to the gangsters Staple coming gun. out. Ah, it's <laughs> the uh, staple gun gimmick. Prior to the uh, gangsters coming out, I was going to say that we saw everything in this match but the kitchen sink. But thanks to the gangsters, yes. we now have the kitchen sink uh, as well. Yeah, and a couple of staples, and I don't mean from a hernia operation, <laughs> by, by New Jack Uh-oh. to the uh, mid Hockey stick. Oh. It's coming. Wait, I, is, is the goon around the corner? No. Nope. Oh, he broke the stick. It's the hockey stick slash garbage can to the testicular region. <laughs> Nobody knows how to sell attack like Devon Dudley. That's right. He always goes into like seizures. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. There, there may not be a better seller on earth than Devon Dudley. Oh, but, I don't know uh, about that. John, John Cena could take a cue. Yeah. And John, I, love the, I love the fact that the music is still playing. That's typical that's New Jack. That's yeah. typical New Jack. Yeah. During his match, the music plays the whole time. Yeah. Play my motherfucking music or I'm going to bust your ass. That's one thing I love about ECW is the matches ran into each other. It's like you have a yeah. match and then another match happening and then another match. Uh-oh. That's what Heyman used to always do in Dream. Uh-oh. New Jack was playing the guitar. That can't be a good omen. Devon's about to get hit with a guitar. All right. Here comes Gertner. Gertner, what are you doing, bro? Stay out. We got Devon in the corner. New Jack with the guitar. 
Gertner making his way into the ring, grabs a chair, oh! and gets destroyed by Hell, New Jack with the he's guitar. He's out of there. Kabong. <laughs> and, and to quote Joey Styles, oh, my God. <laughs> that, that was the quiet Joey impersonation. Oh, yes. man. That's, oh the PG, man. that's the PG Joey. The P, that's the PG-13 Joey. Yeah, yeah. Well, you hit me with a staple gun to the balls and a chair in the head, but we're going to hug anyway. Yeah. All right, so we just beat the living crap out of each other Flaming the last table. five minutes, and now we're going to hug. All right. Well, that's what ECW was about. These yes. guys beat the crap out of each other, but at the end of the day, it was all about mutual respect and love, and you know what? I was going to... It's nice to see this. I'll be honest. I can't believe I'm enjoying this pay-per-view as much as I am. But kudos to them for actually putting on a pretty good ECW product. What's the name of the bar in Orlando they always go to after after shows? I've never been there, so I couldn't tell you. Well, what it, well the trade dog certainly knows what the name is. But whoever is working security there tonight, get get uh, about triple, <laughs> triple the drinks and triple the security ready because. That's going to be a hell of a post-game party after after this pay-per-view tonight. What about Raven? What about, what about Raven? What about Raven? <laughs> what about Raven's hair? I think he he's uh, um, he's going to the same hairstylist as Angelina Sky. Who? Velvet Angelina Sky. Velvet Sky. Angelina, Angelina Love. Love. Pardon I was about me. to say, did they uh, did they amalgamize and become one person? Amalgamize. There's another new word on this show. So Angelina Sky and Velvet Love. There you go. There you go. Yeah. What, so, what somewhere in there, Velvet a, Love's got to be somebody's new nickname. Somewhere in there, there's a wet dream. Anyways. Oh God. <laughs> but well, I mean, what did we see on Impact? Uh, we saw Raven turn on Tommy Dreamer because because Tommy Dreamer ended up with Beulah McGillicuddy 15 years ago. Like, I mean, that was just a no, silly he, way he, to build a, a feud. I mean, he only ended up with Beulah last. Dave, go ahead. <laughs> That's true. We don't heard, forget a, lot, it was, it was we a, heard fan, a lot of stories back then. Don't forget it was a fan-friendly locker room in ECW in those days. Well, you were talking about Francine earlier. Well, I, I didn't mean her specifically, but, you, you know. Got, you just got to ask Lita if, about that. If, if the condom fits, well, then, you know. <laughs> yeah, where is Miss Congeniality? She probably, ah. she probably touring around with the Lucha Gores. Yeah, she, she was twittering somewhere or twatting or whatever. Twatting. <laughs> well, twatting makes sense for her, but, yeah, where is Miss Congeniality? That, that would be cool to see tonight. But you know what? I think there have been so many of these promos because they expected more guys to show up. They probably expected nine matches and are probably only going to have like seven or eight matches because guys dropped out that they didn't expect to drop out. And now they have to cut all these ten-minute-long promos like Fonzie and Van Dam, Raven, the the segment with the Blue World Order and Al Snow. I mean, actually, no. I, you're, you're probably right to some degree. But this is what ECW did. They did a lot of cutting-edge promos. They did a lot of uh, packages that they had on their TV shows. And they're really having a true ECW feel. I, you know what? i got to give Tommy Dreamer credit for booking an ECW show because that's exactly what we're seeing. It's just too bad you can't call it ECW. Well, And if you remember back in the day on the Nashville Network, uh, J.J., you couldn't be more right. And, and that that's what we saw and their one-hour package weekly on the Nashville Network was a lot of vignettes in the background, uh, cold, dark, hard-edged feels to them that really made the product believable. And all i got to say about that is, quote JJ, 
Nevermore. Yeah, well, uh, Heyman uh, was a consultant for, for WWE the whole time ECW was being ran. Uh, they, they didn't have a lot of money, so they, they did cheaper things like vignettes. They didn't use pyro, and uh, they, they did a good, good job of telling the story. Uh, in the the vignettes, the backstage. Well, I mean, they didn't even need a Mean Gene. They didn't even need a Josh Matthews backstage interviewer. They just looked into the camera and said, "I'm gonna fucking kill you," and that that was enough. I mean, the greatest promos in the history of wrestling were Mick Foley, the Kane Dewey promo, one of the maybe probably the best promo in the history of wrestling, and it was on ECW programming. It wasn't on Turner. It wasn't on Vince McMahon programming. It was in ECW, and if you have the the Mick Foley DVD that I have, that is two, of, if not the greatest promos in the history of the business. Well, I agree with you, Dave, and I, one thing I'm really liking about what they've done with the pay-per-view tonight is they've, they've taken, obviously, the, the TNA uh, workers are, for all intents and purposes, having the night off, yet they've utilized... What they've had to say and incorporated into the pay-per-view, and I, I really like it, uh, giving the current crop of uh, TNA superstars their perspectives yeah. on on what they remember about the ECW product uh, in days gone by. Yeah, as much as everyone wants to hate on uh, TNA, TNA is a lot like ECW. They don't have a lot of money to pay their wrestlers. They they are, their, their focus is on wrestling. It's not all about uh, the grandeur, the spectacle that rest that wrestle that WrestleMania and WWE offers. They uh, they're they're very uh, they're independent, but at the same time they have a little bit little bit more budget, so it's presentable on television. Well, it's funny because uh, they had the WWE WrestleMania 26 special on NBC last night. Coincidentally, coincidentally, one hour and the hour prior to uh, prior to the UFC show last night. Right now, Bubba Ray is basically cutting a promo on the fact that Joey Styles belongs there tonight, but he's not there because of where he's at now, and he deserves to be there. And you know, and, and who he works for. Well, exactly. So, I mean, know. and they have a point, and it's not like Joey Styles was going to walk away from his uh, from his nice big job at Titan Tower to uh, you know to come and do this one night show. It's just not going to happen. I, the only the only black eye on this whole show tonight has been Mike Tanay on commentary. I'm sorry, just not digging it. Mike Tanay was a WCW announcer and he's a TNA announcer. He's definitely not ECW quality. I would much rather see Foley out there calling the action with Taz. With Taz, that would have been interesting, really, because uh, let, let's be honest, uh, uh, Mick Foley's a funny dude, and he could have definitely uh, been on the broadcast. And I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, JJ. I was thinking about it uh, certainly in the first match. And, uh, yeah, Tanay just has that. You know, I, I every time I hear his voice, it's WCW Thunder. Well, at least that measure of consistency where it hasn't been the team, it hasn't been Borash doing the ring announcing. It hasn't been uh, the normal uh, Hebner esque refereeing roster of TNA. Tene- uh, TNA. So Mike Tanay is the only thing about Total Nonstop Action that's actually on this show tonight. And you would think for consistency, guys, I agree with you totally. He should. If no one else is there, if Borash isn't there, if this guy isn't there, if that guy isn't there, he shouldn't be there either. And, I mean, obviously you don't want two color guys like uh, like Taz and, and Foley if you can get away with it. But, I mean, they're doing a great tribute to Joey Styles, who basically is in charge of WWE.com and, based on their numbers, is earning every penny of his paycheck. Well, and uh, 
You know, kudos to uh, the crew at TNA uh, for what they just did and, and a bit of a uh, testimonial to uh, Joey Styles because Joey was an integral part of the believability through the broadcast of the ECW product. And yes, indeed, there wasn't a snowball's chance in hell that he was going to be part of this broadcast. But, uh, you know, they, they all know where he's working, obviously. And uh, for them to take a couple of minutes out of the pay-per-view broadcast time to pay tribute to Joey Styles, I, I think J.J. was uh, an exceedingly classy maneuver. It is. I, I just wonder, you know, if uh, if the attorneys over at WWE are just kind of uh, sitting there with that notebook, just just adding fuel to the fire of what they want to do. Well, I, I think Jerry McDevitt just went from pen number one that just ran out of ink to pen number two. And right now, it looks like we, uh, as the ref, excuse me, as the announcer just said, the final showdown, ladies and gentlemen, Raven, Tommy Dreamer, special guest referee. Mick Foley, Cactus Jack. Well, I, you know what, guys? Unless there's something between this and the final match of the night between That's Van Damme it. and Sabu. That's it. We got an hour. That's it. So could this show end at 8.30 or 8.20? Or, I mean, fans would be pretty upset if, if this didn't go the regular pay-per-view length. I mean, they're paying the regular pay-per-view price. But, I mean, two match. Oh, there's Beulah and the Twins. Uh, the... Tommy Dreamer's uh, twin Sell girl Beulah, standing right Sell. beside, standing right beside uh, Dixie Carter, as uh, Raven and Tommy Dreamer will have one more encounter. But we, Kimberly and Brianna Dreamer, I guess, uh, two matches to go with an hour and twenty on on the clock. I can't imagine those these two guys. Where are you go getting an hour minutes. and twenty from? Well, an hour and an hour and t maybe an hour. On the clock. Well, right. that usually ends at about eight forty-five. Yeah, exactly. We, we always, got one usually hour. end at eight forty-five. So we got a little under. We got about fifty-five minutes. And you really think that Sabu and RVD are going to go, you know, pull out all the stops and do out all their high spots and all their hardcore stuff, and they're going to go at least twenty minutes. So you know, and, uh, they'll and, do and a they'll do a five five six minute video build up to that main event match. And uh, I'm loving Dreamers. Uh, Dreamers new shirt. Throwback to the old ECW shirts. And, and I like that he has his old pants back instead of his capri pants that he had in the past few years. God, I hate those capri pants. Those were hideous. Just hideous. And the only thing more hideous than those Dreamer capri pants is the dress that Dixie Carter's wearing tonight. Yuck. If you notice, those, those uh, girls are different than the ones they had on ECW. The ones they had on ECW were actors, actually. I believe uh, Macaulay Culkin's kids actually came in and acted <laughs> on there. It wasn't Dreamer's kids. Was it Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> wow. I thought they were older than that. I thought they were about 11 or 12, but it looks like they're only about 7 or 8. So. Yep. Steven D'Angelo's didn't go to the right tuxedo stores. The sleeves, oh, oh, the sleeves oh, on his tuxedo are, are way too short. He should have called. <laughs> should have called Boom Boom over here. Yeah, should have exactly. got him set up with a nice tux. No kidding. At least they got D'Angelo, since he didn't get Styles. Yeah. Well, the next time you need a... Uh, a telephone and a tux and a tuxedo. Call Boom Boom and she'll get you a two for one deal or something like that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, Dave. I wish Raven, Raven was wearing his clown shirt tonight. That was an awesome shirt. The innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. I mean, you know what, guys? When they first showed up back in back in June, to me it seemed weird that Raven and and Tommy Dreamer were on the same side. I mean. I think we said that during the last 
TNA pay-per-view that the t these two guys standing beside each other and not beating the hell out of each other was 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 rather un weird, rather unexpected. Yeah. Absolutely. So the buildup was horrible, but it makes sense that these two guys would face each other. And one thing, if this is their last television match in their careers. It makes sense that it would get be against each other. I mean, Tommy Dreamer, I think, honestly made the right decision in leaving ECW. He was given the ECW title back in June of 2009, uh -huh. but uh, and he really was sincere when he left. But I think this is what he wanted instead of a, a title match against Christian Cage. Well, and you're probably right. I mean, you go back and you look at the history of, of ECW and – you know, I can't think of two men that had a, a more personal feud than Tommy Dreamer and Raven. I mean, uh, you know, for the longest time, Raven was always getting, uh, you know, getting the wins over Tommy Dreamer, always having, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, the upper hand? The upper hand, yes. yes. Always. And, you know, and then, of course, there was that final match before Raven went to WCW, you know, with the chair shot heard around the world as, as Raven was handcuffed to the cage. And Tommy Dreamer delivered that chair shot. Very famous moment in the history of, of ECW. And, you know, it's kind of refreshing, and I'm kind of glad to see these two kind of have one more match. Uh, you know, I was, I was a little pained in watching Tommy Dreamer last year defending the ECW title, that last run he had. It was just it was kind of painful watching him wrestle with that belt because Tommy can't move as well as he used to. Obviously, no, neither can Raven, but at the same time, I mean, these guys are going to get everything, give everything that they can tonight to, to put on a great match. And so far, I mean, so far they're brawling. And as long as they keep up the brawling, I think that's going to work out better for everybody. Well, and, and certainly if, you, if your memory serves everybody that is listening to Sunday Night Showdown and harken back to the uh, Nashville Network days, you tune in weekly and you would always be flabbergasted and amazed as to the terror that Raven inflicted on Tommy Dreamer and his wife and his kids on a weekly basis. And every time you thought that you had seen Raven do the absolute most despic despicable and disgusting thing to Dreamer and his family, he did something even worse. Yeah, like when uh, going back to we're looking at uh, when uh, Sandman and Dreamer had a feud, when you put him on the cross in ECW. Like, uh, Raven was always known for, for doing some uh, shocking things, which, of course, later happened in uh, WWE. Which is funny that you bring that up, because I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but Kurt Angle originally was supposed to sign with ECW Wrestling, and that angle where uh, they involved the cross turned him <laughs> off to the company, and he later signed with the WWE in 99. And didn't we all remember that prior to that, didn't the WWE have a, a similar thing with The Undertaker and Steve Austin in that same year? I just I thought that was yeah, kind of funny. Yeah, but Austin was tied to a symbol. Don't forget about but that. But it was still a cross, Dave. It, it was, it was symbolic. It was a symbolic you know, cross. Right, but they said it was a symbol. Well, I know. I, so. I got that. That was when Undertaker, what you could argue, was at his darkest point. Same, same with the whole uh, where to Stephanie uh, portion of his career, which was a, a very memorable night. As Ra Raven hits Tommy Dreamer in the head right in with a front chair. Of right in, in front of Beulah and, uh, <laughs> and your favorite, Dave. 
Dixie Carter. In front of his two eight-year-old daughters, although he had to... Dixie's he, not, Dixie is not twittering right now, so it's kind of shocking. They're taking the girls away, just like uh, Colette Foley did with uh, with Dewey at, at the Royal Rumble in 2001, as we uh, be, saw on Beyond the Mat. As To me... Yes, but that wasn't scripted, Dave. That was... That was legit. Yes. That was legit. And this is scripted. This being scripted looks terrible as Tommy Dreamer is busted it open. One thing I found weird, this is the first time we've seen blood tonight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's been like two we hours. Had, we had some color. <laughs> Finally had some color. And I really thought there would be an exorbitant amount of color in the uh, tag match between Team 3D, Balls Mahoney, and... Uh, and uh, Axel Rose, Axel Rot- Rotten, Axel Rotten, Axel Rose. Yeah, I guess the, fe- the Chinese feature of that was, baby. was the fire. They wanted to focus on the fire probably for that match. Well, right. We've seen, if you can imagine, guys, we've seen less blood tonight than we did at the previous TNA pay per view, where six or seven guys bled all in the same night, including the Nature Boy, and against Jay Lethal, who had an embarrassing loss against Jay Lethal this past week on Impact, where they stripped him down to his shorts and his and one sock. I felt bad for Rick. I mean, to me, he's still in this business and he's still wrestling because he needs to pay alimony times three. Otherwise, he'd be enjoying a, a fine retirement. And that was a horrible way. Like, it was a street fight, but it was a horrible way to, to take advantage of, of Ric Flair. And maybe he said, strip me down, I don't give a shit. And maybe he did, and I'll accept that. But I wasn't a fan. I have to admit that was not a that was a match that really bugged me on Thursday when I watched it on Impact. Yeah, what's the point of pushing Jay Lethal by putting uh, him over Flair if you're gonna if you can make him lose? That's like when they did with Evan Bourne and Chris Jericho. Like I understand you want someone to the one up, but unless you're gonna follow up with a, a third win, which hopefully he gets, it's kind of pointless to push him. Uh, and Tommy Dreamer now using the Tommy Use My Sign sign to waffle Raven. And, uh, and it's going to have a stop sign. You know what? Yeah. I, I have been concussed by a stop sign. I uh, I had a hardcore match back when I was first training. I knew that there was a problem with you going back to a long, long time There's ago. about to be a problem with you. It's called my foot in your ass. But anyway. Oh, oh I don't think that's going to happen. I see we're having a Mark Henry moment with the uh, taking the signboard off the, uh, off the, uh, the road sign. Ah, the dead end sign. Oh, it's a dead end, not a stop sign. <laughs> no, not a stop sign. No, I was concussed by the stop sign. Raven is about to get suplexed on the dead oh. end sign. And now we got some decent color. And, of course, Raven looks all that more anemic with the blue light on his white skin. Yeah, he does. I, you know, I was looking at the chat room earlier, and Hollywood had said something about TNA and good just doesn't sound good off the top of the tongue. And that's one of the big problems that they're going to have tonight because – they're putting on a good pay-per-view, but the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, this is not TNA. Yeah, one problem is how much is the TNA name really worth, anyways, these days? Like, like, uh, what are you gonna like? What can you really do? Like, like, if you want to be credible, most people associate TNA with a a bad product. So it's almost to the point like you're gonna have to like change the name if if you want people to care about you someday. Well, you know, I've I've said all along they need to do something with the name. I don't even know that you can do anything with TNA. I don't think that God himself could show up, book the show, and have the greatest show on earth and people would watch. I just don't think it's going to happen for TNA wrestling. Uh, And I could agree with you more. At this point in the uh, progression of TNA, I think that they've they've gone through the whole 
Ferraro Russo Riffic era. It is now a dawning of a new era in TNA with the Hogan Bischoff era that, as you have all seen, has become nothing but a joke. Their one attempt at some resurrection whereby they could have some respect not only within the industry but with the fans was their attempt failed at that to solicit the services of Paul Heyman and now it's this and as Dave said earlier in the broadcast eight weeks out from arguably their marquee pay-per-view of the year um, it'll be interesting to see this Thursday on the three-hour impact exactly where TNA's uh, eight-week or six-to-eight-week uh, program takes us. I don't know if you guys watch uh, Spike Canyon, but they never advertise TNA. Just like when ECW was on Spike, it's like they're almost embarrassed to have the product at, at times. Like, I mean, they advertise Game Trailers TV, which pro has a smaller audience than any show on Spike, and they don't even advertise TNA. Thousand Ways to Die. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's that show's fucked up. Mansers, <laughs> Mansers, yes. You know what? What's funny to me is you're absolutely right, and I know Trey has said this many times before that you know TNA doesn't spend any money on trying to promote their product anywhere. Spike has very little faith in them, I think. And what kills me is they just did a conference call this past week with Paul Heyman, and the Spike executives are very uh, pleased with Paul Heyman and would love to do some work with him. Well, why weren't that they that pleased with him back in the TNN days when, you know, he was doing the best he could, doing a damn good show? ECW on Friday nights on TNN was a good fucking show, people. Number one on the network. And the reason why is TNA feels the only way to fix TNA is Paul Heyman. That's their mindset. They have no other way they, they can think to fix what's going on is Paul Heyman. Well, don't forget that Impact is drawing a 1.1 or 1.2 rating. The average of Spike TV's primetime evening network coverage is like a .5 or a .6. So they want him maybe not only for TNA, but to introduce some other concepts of television shows for Spike TV to create with their original programming. I mean, they had that uh, Guy's Choice Award uh, about three or four weeks ago, and while they drew a lot of stars... I think those stars were embarrassed to go pick up their awards. Those uh, those ant those antler awards. They they seemed embarrassed by it. I mean, TNA has a niche audience, and Spike TV with the thousand ways to die and Mansers and all that shit. I mean, it's a a niche audience also. Well, I mean, let's not forget that T excuse me ECW and the WWE made this network. You know, they were the Nashville Network. They were playing Dukes of Hazard and fucking NASCAR and Rollerball until WWE signed aboard with them when they left USA Network until ECW came aboard and helped them out in their ratings. And when WWE came along, it was like, well, fuck ECW. We don't need this. We've got Vince McMahon. And they pretty much let them go out to pasture. And, you know, if I were Paul Heyman, I'd be like, well, didn't you guys kind of fuck me around, you know, 10 years ago? Didn't you cause my show to end? We got the BWO coming down and beating up on Mick Foley as Hollywood Nova uh, is beating on Mick Foley. We've got, uh, what's his name? Uh, not not Blue Meanie. I don't know who this guy is. Whoever this guy is. It's Juggernaut, damn it. It's yeah. not Juggernaut. Not Juggernaut. Not unless no. Juggernaut's lost about 500 pounds. 80 pounds, yeah. Well, yeah. basically, he uh, Tommy Dreamer had 
had Braven in a uh, in a crossface, but in but instead of his hands clasped over his throat, he had barbed wire around his around his his throat and then around his face. Yeah, and through his mouth. And you know who who the who's portraying the blue media? It's one of the security dudes. You know, with the flat top haircut, who always dressed in black. That's who it is. But anyways, um, you know, I hearken back to the old Nashville Network days in a fine. Uh, establishment that was a uh, long time Southwest Calgary tradition, the Westgate Hotel. Prior to the Nashville Network being on regular cable here in Canada, I used to pipe it in on, on our favorite U.S. satellite system. And on any given Friday, guys, there was 100 and 150 people in the lounge at the Westgate watching ECW. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. The two old Italian owners are like, What's the hold matter? That, hold that thought. We, okay, we just saw ahead. some major action. Yep. Uh, Raven hits the even flow on Tommy Dreamer, goes for the pin. Uh, Mick Foley counted to two. Now Raven is in the face of Mick Foley. And uh, looks like it's about to get a little physical as Mick just unloading with rights to the face of Raven and his red blood-stained hair, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-oh. Mr. Cracho, a Sacco, pardon me, is making an appearance. Now what does Mr. Sacco have to do with ECW? Not much. <laughs> Zero, as a matter of fact. That's where the WWE's going to start penciling in. Okay, we're suing because Sako yeah, just came Sacco out. Sako just came out. And there's Jerry McDevitt's pen working overtime once again, amassing. Oh, and here's, uh, <laughs> is this Sandman's son? I don't know who this is. Dave? It's Raven's lackey is what they're or, saying. Or I don't know. Yeah, well, Raven had a lot of lackeys back, at, back Could then. Could be Raven's son? No. I don't know who this kid is. I just have no fucking clue. Anyways, capsule on the uh, on the whole Westgate. Uh, the two old Italian guys are like, well, Spencer, well, Shark, what's the matter? How come it has so many people watching uh, in the lounge? And I'm like, eh, they're watching wrestling. They like it. They were <laughs> they were getting something you couldn't get. Oh, oh my God. Barbed wire socko to the mouth Jesus. of Appar this kid. Apparently, uh, Randy McWilliams says that's lupus. 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 Okay. And, and lupus is the son of... I don't know who the son is. Oh, okay. He was, I guess, the manager or the lackey of Raven. His name's All Lupus. Right. Okay. And some holy shit chance in the from flock? the impact zone. No. no I don't he, believe no. so. I don't think so either. As Foley I, takes this gentleman away. Lupus, we still, Dave. Okay, we'll call him Lupus. We still don't have a pinfall. Not that we're keeping track too badly of the pinfalls tonight. Out come as, the handcuffs. Uh, yeah, handcuffing Tommy Dreamer is, uh, is Raven to this point. The, the fans have kind of been in and out and in and out tonight and and in and out and in and out in, in this match in particular. They really lost their momentum from the beginning of the show, and I don't know, maybe with the dancing and stuff, the, the show match, the show opened too hot. Well, we've got Tommy Dreamer handcuffed, and it looks like we're going to see uh, something similar to what we saw at the 1999 Royal Rumble shades of uh, Mick Foley and The Rock as it looks like Raven is getting ready to employ the uh, numerous chair shots to the head and back area of Tommy Dreamer. You talk about the Royal Rumble. They actually, yeah, the Royal Rumble, they took the kids away, too. So th this match is uh, booked a lot like the Royal Rumble match. But Very, that, that wasn't heavily scripted like this was. Well, they I mean, they've got Raven being hated by this crowd, which is exactly what he wanted. Here comes, Here comes Beulah. Beulah. You look yeah. dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't that. 
They can't call her that Teresa Dreamer, apparently. She so. she may be actually, in all in all honesty, people, she may be related to Michael McGillicuddy. Ah. <laughs> I That's knew right. that there was a reason. I knew that there was a reason they were calling uh Henning's son. Oh, and there we have a bit of uh Oh no. Hit him anyway. Is she gonna get a chair shot? Well, how many are left in NXT? Is it still six? Because I know. Uh, yeah, it, it's six. After this, it'll be after this week. There'll be five. Oh, okay. After Lucky Cannon goes home. Yeah, Lucky ain't gonna be so lucky after this week. Yeah, he'll well, join Eli Cottonwood on the sidelines. He won't be getting lucky anymore. Well, no, isn't, isn't Lucky Cannon the guy with the Miz? No, that's oh. Alex Riley. He oh, ain't Alex going nowhere. Riley. Alex Riley. Alex Riley's money, baby. Alex Riley or Michael McGillicuddy are gonna win this competition. Wow. Beulah just gives the nutshot uppercut to Raven and uh, with his hand, hands handcuffed behind his back, Dreamer uh, executes a perfect DDT. Oh, that was awesome. I love, I love spot. the DDT. Great spot. With the handcuffed, that was brilliant. So brilliant. And Dreamer's foot is stuck in the chair. Or he got it out finally. So which one's Lucky Cannon again? Is that the, the son of IRS? No, he's the long-haired Shawn Michaels-looking motherfucker. Oh, okay, yeah. Husky Mark, Harris is... Mark Henry is, right. Mark Henry is his pro. Yeah. Chair no. to the knee. No, chair I, to the knee that, that Tommy uh, wrecked that's uh, it. on it Impact a few flow. weeks ago. That's you can it. put it in the bank. Raven it's over. over. Wow, and Tommy it, Dreamer takes the loss. Good on Tommy for putting over Raven, and maybe I, I would have thought Tommy would have taken that just for the finality of it. But okay. put over put over some new talent there. <laughs> put over what new talent? <laughs> this will be continued next month at the uh, the next ECW. Paper, God help us all. Paper, yeah. Or it could be continued next month here at the Century Casino on PWA. Uh, very possibly. <laughs> you never know, but. Uh, don't forget that uh, TNA's next pay-per-view, because we can't really call this a TNA show, is uh, Victory Road. And, of course, uh, we have SummerSlam here next week. If you're listening to us for the very first time, thank you very much for listening at Sunday Night Showdown. We cover every TNA and WWE pay-per-view live in this format, every single show, twice a month, and uh, part of the greater SNS radio network. And uh, like all network radio shows do, we take a break at an appropriate time there, JJ Sexy. And I think with, uh, obviously, with one match left in this pay-per-view, I think we should definitely take a break as we're going to kick it out of here with uh, some old-school franchise Shane Douglas bumper music. We'll be right back with more continuing coverage of uh, Hardcore Justice right here on the SNS Radio Network. WWE Shop.com, the home of official WWE merchandise.
For a limited time only, WWE Shop has reduced prices on all t-shirts. Pick up your authentic top rope or basics tees while this special offer lasts. With WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. Your one-stop shop for all the latest news and rumors in the world of pro wrestling and cutting-edge editorials by former WWE announcer Kevin Kelly and former WCW announcer Mark Madden. An extensive forums board for the casual wrestling fan. Stop by and sign up to chat with knowledgeable wrestling fans. Get in the zone with WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. The following is a public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend Jenna Jameson? Well, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, "What the fuck? Where'd you been?" Slap. <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back. When he said, you know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how could you, in all honesty, be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it? <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else while you walk to the mailbox to get the mail she's fucking somebody else when you come inside and turn on the tv and have a cup of tea she's fucking somebody else then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy she comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else <laughs> Then she comes home, you tell the bitch that you want dinner, she makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed, and you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea, she's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Can you dig it, dig it sucker? sucker. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, sucker? Sunday night showdown. Guys, we're back right here on the SNS Radio Network. Sunday Night Showdown returns to the airwaves to bring you coverage of hardcore justice right here. And it's now time, ladies and gentlemen, you heard the music. It's now time for the main event of the evening. 
Oh, and I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what's going to happen here. It was supposed to be Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam as RVD is making his way down with that horrible, horrible Rob Van Dam, the whole effing show, TNA music. I, I kind of think Pantera was a little bit better than I just played, ladies and gentlemen. So yep. if you're keeping score at home, just kind of add that to the show. But uh, we've got Fonzie standing at the top of the ramp with the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, Rob Van Dam. And this match is going to get real interesting real fast because, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Van Dam is going to be taking on his longtime friend, former tag team partner, the guy that he trained with early on in his career, the nephew of the Sheik. I'm talking about the one and the only Sabu. Absolutely, and Fonzie's ready, uh, and hopefully uh, we'll get involved one way or the other, Shark. Well, and, uh, you know, Fonzie has never been so eloquently color-coordinated. Obviously, the the uh, seamstress department at uh, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling has been working overtime this week. Fonzie all color-coordinated in black and, and yellow and uh Wow, and uh, as we are about to experience the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal ones uh, ring entrance on a national wrestling television program for the first time in a very long time, uh, as somebody that on three different occasions actually managed um, Sabu here in Stampede Wrestling in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, um, and who, as we see Fonzie running back up the entrance way to help Sabu with his entrance. Um, I'll never forget the time that that uh, Tiger Khan held me as his protection while Sabu came off the top rope in the Ogden Legion of Doom uh, and hit me with his leg in the back of my head and went through the table. And I swear to God, it was like having, you know when, JJ, you know when you're listening to the stereo really loud and all of a sudden something goes wrong and you get this kind of tone in your ear that's what i was hearing a tone in my ear but it didn't go away for quite some time and, until the shark was given a bit of a massage by a few of the sharkettes that night and the tone in my ear was replaced by the well we won't go there but uh, you get the picture one thing if you notice about rvd is he's wearing his attire that he wore when he uh, first debuted in east w Yes, uh, uh, it, it is, and uh, a bit of a throwback there, and uh, Sabu looking good. Is it? I, that, that attire reminds me of the one he wore, and it probably is the same attire. That's the same attire he won the, uh, excuse me, he was in the finals with Brock Lesnar at the King of the Ring in 2002. He was wearing that attire. Well, and you know what? If you want to go on to Facebook and search Terry Brunk, uh, it's actually not Sabu that is... Uh, that is doing his Facebook updates, but it's actually one of his uh, guys that runs his website as well. And uh, Sabu has been very uh, vocal and outward on his Facebook page in the last little while about what he's been doing, and there was no mention of the fact at all up until this morning that he was going to be on the pay-per-view. Well, you know, the thing I like about Sabu, he's not exactly what you would, and he's bald. Ladies and oh, gentlemen, wow. Jeez. Sabu is bald. Well, you know what? The first time I ever heard Sabu literally speak was um, the Forever Hardcore DVD that Jeremy Borash and Shane Douglas produced, which led into the uh, the Shane Douglas show that happened about, what, two days before 
one night stand in 2005, the Friday night at the uh, at the ECW arena. And I mean, I remember Clevett going to a show in Saskatoon and getting a chance to talk to Sabu for probably about 20 or 30 minutes and asking him all these uh, relatable questions to his career. And and he he said to me afterwards, and even put it in the article, he was genuinely uh, not intimidated, but it, very, very starstruck to talk, to not only be in a room with Sabu, but to talk to him. Because well, ta- Sabu had never said a word into a microphone. And, I mean, these these two guys are the best of friends, and, and tonight they're going to kill each other for our entertainment over the next 25 minutes or so. But, I mean, Sabu is is a legitimate Hall of Fame candidate if Vince McMahon is listening. Well, you know, and the thing is, Vince McMahon completely, when he brought back the ECW product in 2006, he completely destroyed Sabu's character. Sabu was a guy that didn't talk. You know, he didn't need to. He did all his talking in the ring. Uh, you know, he had that mystique about him. And, and the minute they started making Sabu talk, they pretty much killed that gimmick, and he was gone from the company shortly thereafter, which was Vince's plan all along, was to kind of ruin that brand and get rid of everybody and make it something else. And he succeeded in that. But the problem is that, you know, the fans of ECW still remember what a badass Sabu is. I mean, this is the guy who uh, most of you may remember broke his neck in a match with Chris Benoit. You know, that was where the crippler Chris Benoit was born in that particular match. And it happened because he fell wrong and landed on his head. And you know what? Sabu, as much as anybody was part of the fiber of your very sick and twisted heels in the original incarnation that was ECW. And you know what? I'm having a bit of a flashback right now because from afar, with Sabu without any hair, he, he really looks like um, like Ivan Koloff. <laughs> you know? He, he kind of does. Kind of. The only, the only sad thing about this show that really would have put it over the top, no offense to Rob Van Dam, if I were going to see any match involving Sabu, I would want to see another another dance between him and, and Taz. Yeah, for Because sure. Taz and Sabu, you know, another rivalry that made ECW the company to watch in the late 90s. Whether you like the company or not, you have to give the respect that is due to these guys that put their bodies through hell to entertain wrestling fans and it wasn't always about the hardcore style the thing about ecw that caught on was there was sportsmanship you saw actual wrestling matches it wasn't just about hitting somebody repeatedly with a hockey stick and a and a trash can and and a bunch of chair shots you know you saw some real classics in that company yeah the pure style that like we said two cold scorpio and sabu really uh and taz really executed very very well and and like i said that that attracted the guys from Japan, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, and, and uh, the Luchadors and, and Dean Malenko. And obviously they used those pure matches to get attracted to uh, Eric Bischoff and World Championship Wrestling. And uh, from Latino 718, apparently this attire was the, the attire that Van Dam wore uh, when he faced Jerry Lynn for the last ECW pay-per-view. So Yeah, and, and uh, I've seen it a couple of other times in uh, speaking of uh, Latino 718. Belated happy birthday Absolutely goes out to uh, Latino 718, one of the longtime staunchest supporter of every show 
here on the SNS Radio Network. We hope you had a good week, uh, Latino. And as we see a classic Sabu spot, triple jump to the outside on Rob Van Dam. They just took out a couple members of the crowd, I think. <laughs> Van Dam caught him, and uh, they both kind of fell back about five feet. A classic move that everyone in the impact zone wanted to see, and and those two men delivered. I mean, I remember the night shark you were talking about with the uh, with the the table incident with Tiger Khan, who was also another fantastic pure the, wrestler, the late great Tiger, absolutely Khan. Yep. underrated in the history of wrestling. And um, I remember, I <laughs> I remember taking a vacation day from work to make sure I could be at that match because I had never seen Sabu prior to that live, and he. And Tiger Khan and what you did in, as a role as a manager that night was a fantastic show, and I'm very, very glad I was there. Then I was there for the night uh, he faced Divine, and I still, well, I don't have it anymore, but I think for five years I kept a part of the table that Divine went through, uh, thanks to Sabu that evening, and uh, I kept it as a memento of that night, and... Uh, it's it's a very big piece of a wrestling memorabilia for me, but the uh, funniest, Sabu Live was unfucking believable. And the, and the funniest part of that day, and JJ, you'll you'll find this to be exceedingly humorous, is that back in the day when Mark the Shark DiCarlo managed a famous strip bar here in Calgary, and Hotshot Johnny Divine was my bartender. Here was Ross Hart delivering at my doorstep at the hotel a very, how could I put it delicately, tired Sabu and. I, I had the pleasure of having to introduce Hotshot Johnny Divine to Sabu, and when I went to the bar to grab Divine to introduce him, got back to the table by the DJ booth in the strip club, and I couldn't introduce Divine to Sabu because Sabu was sleeping. And uh, Divine looked at me and went, Wow, we're going to have a great match tonight, eh, Shark? <laughs> yeah. You know, I said this earlier, and I want to reiterate it. This has been a very good pay-per-view. I know that some of the people in chat aren't digging this pay-per-view, and that's fine. I think, quite frankly, that they've done a great job making this an ECW-style pay-per-view. Kudos to the booking and Tommy Dreamer. This was not a Vince Russo show. This it doesn't have the TNA stank on it. It definitely Stitch, is. if you will. It definitely yeah. is what it is, and it's a final hoorah for the ECW guys. And if that's the case, then good. I I'm glad that they got a chance to not really go out the way they did in 2005 and 2006 with the one-night stand pay-per-views. But again, I reiterate the question. We are on TNA's dime. This is a TNA pay-per-view that has been turned into an ECW pay-per-view. Someone who's watching this for the first time and seeing this and enjoying this pay-per-view, what happens next month when they watch the next TNA pay-per-view and it falls way below this? Well, that's why. How does that help this company? That's why this roster, this TNA roster, the Guns and and uh, Beer Money, uh, Van Dam versus Abyss, the six great matches they're promoting for Thursday and Impact. <coughs> Impact on Thursday has to pay off, and they just did a promo before this match started that there's going to be no interviews, no backstage segments. It's just going to be six matches, back 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 to back to back, and. This is what ECW was, and that's what tonight is all about. But TNA has to establish themselves this Thursday and say, this is what we're about. This is what Victory Road's going to be about, and this is what Bound for Glory in Daytona Beach is going to be about. 
as uh, a water break from Fonzie here. <laughs> as obviously coming off of the uh, the double high spot off the the top turnbuckle and the ropes for Van Dam and Sabu. Uh, this was a uh, a time that obviously Fonzie made the decision that the each combatant needed a water break, and now they're. Fishing around underneath the ring apron, and here come it's a time couple for plunder. of tables. Some plunder, if you will. Some plunder from down under, and I don't mean from Australia. No. <laughs> no. Yes, they know each other this well that uh, collar and elbow tie-up out outside the ring as both men went for a table on opposite sides. But you know what? This has been... Uh, oh, shit. Well, there went the water from Sabu, a quick kick to the chin. Face full of heel. And I don't mean I don't mean Van Damme's turned heel, I meant the heel of his boot. Well don't forget, I mean guys, do you think we're gonna see Abyss get involved after the pinfall? Maybe. Maybe. That would be smart actually. To, to get promote you to, Thursday. To promote Thursday and get you to watch it. Well, I mean I have to, I have to say Abyss promised this past week on impact that the match that him and van damme are going to have this thursday is going to be the most hardcore match in the history of impact or maybe even the history of tna wrestling to me the most hardcore match of all time was abyss and sabu in the barbed wire rope match that was absolutely incredible and you still see the scars on the bicep of abyss to this day that match had to have been what 2005 i think 2004 you want to talk about and scars oh my just God. look at look at sabu yep i don't think i don't think he has any skin on his body that isn't scarred up but yeah i mean the monster abyss has been re-transformed back into his original role back with the company and this thursday could be pretty fantastic i mean van damme seems to be in a you could argue taking it easy because maybe vintage van damme ladies and gentlemen what they tape tomorrow night could be even more hardcore than this based on the promise that they've made if that match sucks then a bit then impact could be in big trouble the thing about a business I, I find it so hard to care about his character he's been his character's been changed <laughs> so much like chris parks hulk hogan abyss just like it just da- it's, it's it's worse than kane almost yeah he's like he's like the kane of of uh, tna really but i mean i do like that they made him hardcore again uh, I thought uh, his uh, stuff with the, with Foley was good, so I wouldn't mind seeing maybe Foley kind of do some stuff with Abyss again, not like wrestle or anything like that. Maybe even manage him, kind of give him some tips on being a hardcore legend. Well, just the Abyss Power Ring Hogan thing was asinine. You're promoting another company's Hall of Fame. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's well, not like they have one of their own, right? Have you guys have you guys noticed for the last little while how quiet? Although the they crowd, might have a hall of shame, yeah. hall of shame. <laughs> how quiet the crowd in the impact zone has been? Oh, beautiful Hurricane Rana as Van Dam oh, hits oh, the target. Man. He it's gets a- bolted right into the steel chair. It's almost like watching a Japanese wrestling match. The, the, yes. the, the fans are so respectful of both performers that they're just uh, they're just they're just watching in awe of these of these two legendary. Uh, I'm going to call them superstars, the wrestlers. Well, and you know what? As we just uh, witnessed a, a vintage Sabu move, the Arabian face buster. With um, a chair. With a chair. They're, they're pulling out all of the classic spots that we've seen a million times out of Sabu and Rob Van Dam. As uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed that uh, Sabu is bleeding profusely from the back 
of his shaved head. From his uh, from his cranium, that dome, if you will. As he's going for the triple jump moonsault. Oh! oh! And Van Trip. Dam counters. Trip. And face well first into the steel chair goes Sabu. Well, I mean, guys, when you think about it, uh, these fans at the Impact Zone want to see the familiar moves that these guys are known for. I mean, it's the same thing as like a kiss or a like a kiss reunion tour. They want to see the original band do the same songs that they've been playing for 30 years. They don't want to hit hear the stuff from from Kiss's new album. They want to hear the same stuff they grew up on for the last 20 or 30 years. And it's the same thing with these guys. They want to see these guys do these moves in front of their faces and and it's it's like your favorite rock band touring and and performing the oh, hell hold out, on, of, Dave. out of the hold moves. Hold on, Dave. He's setting up for the Van Daminator as he gave the chair to uh, to Fonzie and says, all right, hold it in front of him. Sabu straddling the top rope. Van Dam up to the top, and he's going to hit this Van Daminator on Sabu, oh, he and he hits hit him. He actually hit it. I thought that might have been a chance for Fonzie to turn on uh, on Van Dam. But yeah, we've never and, seen that before. And, and I found it very interesting because as Van Dam was taking his time to elevate up to the top turnbuckle and Fonzie was holding the chair in front of Sabu's face, Sabu looked up at Van Dam and said, Hurry up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, daddy! Oh, split like a moonsault. Could this be it? Nope. No, no, no. no I was going to say, we haven't, minutes left. we haven't seen a Van Terminator yet to this point. But we may still see that in the next 10 to 15 minutes. A coast-to-coast, perhaps? Yes. Yeah, Van Terminator, which, I mean, you know what? Shane McMahon did it as well as anybody who, who has stolen that move. Shane McMahon has done it as well as anyone. I kind of miss, miss Shane doing those <laughs> those awesome high-spot matches. Yeah. I had heard Perry Saturn was confirmed for this show, which confirmed that, yes, indeed, folks, he is not dead. But we have yet to see Perry Saturn at this show, maybe he's uh, working at the same <laughs> at the same Olive Garden that PJ Polacco's working at, uh, ordering those can, just can, incredible breadsticks. But can you imagine Perry Saturn as the <laughs> maitre d? As the maitre d, when you walk in the Olive Garden, you got just incredible as the manager. Perry Saturn is the maitre d. God only knows who your fucking waitress would be. Hold on a second. Let me set you straight. Please, he wouldn't be the maitre d. He'd be the janitor because he'd be <laughs> he'd be playing with Moppy. Yes. Yes. Oh my God! Yeah, that's maybe what they Dean felt. Maybe Malenko could have been the maitre d. And 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 then maybe after Chavo Guerrero finally gets fired from the E, he can ride Pepe in. Exactly. And give the kids horse rides. I want to go to that Olive Garden. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yes. Oh shit! Rob Van Dam just needs Sabu right in his proboscis. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Sabu didn't need that, but he did get no. the knee to uh, the face. Uh, another new term coined. That's right. The proboscis, the Polish nose. Uh, <laughs> Polish looking nose. Rolling like thunder. Sabu, rolling thunder. Wow. On top of the chair. On Vintage top of the Sabu. Hey, we, Michael Cole impressions are not allowed in this place. The Sabu? The Sabu. <laughs> wow. That's a like disease that you need to be inoculated for. <laughs> I'm my sorry. God, he's suffering from the Sabu. Sorry, I was channeling my inner Mike Adamley. <laughs> okay, all right. Randy McWilliams. Wait, there's somebody I don't miss. Randy McWilliams mentioned that the waitress might be Don Marie. There's no reason why Don Marie couldn't have been on, on this show. She's a team uh, player. There is a reason yeah, she's not is. on this show. Yeah. Because she's in, involved in some fraud right now. And they wanted nothing to do with her. Yep. I don't know if you've heard this story or not, but there was a wrestler's rescue that she was associated with that she started. And apparently she's been keeping that money for herself and yeah. spending it on things. 
So Don Marie is kind of embroiled yeah. in scandal right According now. According to Don Marie, it's a, a, a falsehood. She did nothing of the sort. And, and this is, <laughs> and this was for I call bullshit. And this was for wrestlers. Yes, wrestlers yeah. rescue. Yes. So, ba- so basically, she gives money to people that are in like dire straits in need. And, yeah. But apparently, uh, I guess they're really good friends, and they know each other very well. So there's a possibility that they could be channeling that money back to Don Marie. Well, the bottom line is, who has she really helped with that? I haven't heard any reports of anybody say, yeah, I got money from Wrestler's Rescue. Makes you wonder. Well, don't forget uh, a few years oh, ago nice. where uh, they, where a wrestling show was, was uh, supposed to happen to allow uh, Robert Morton to raise money to pay his child support so he could get out of jail. Yeah, I was personally... <laughs> I, I, I remember I was, JJ going off about that. I was personally affected by that because uh, when I was still in Oklahoma, that was going on. And uh, a good friend of mine, Mike Isles, who was a ring announcer for, uh, for a promotion... In no way, dropping a steel chair. I think it was Steel Pro Wrestling or something was contacted by them in regards to doing ring announcing for the uh, for the Ricky Morton uh, benefit thing that you're talking about, and he passed my number along, and they contacted me, and I told them, "Fuck no, there's no way I would help a deadbeat dad who made millions of dollars in his tenure in professional wrestling can't pay child support. Fuck you, I'm not interested." I think it would be pretty awesome is all the wrestling fans find out the Olive Garden that uh, Justin yeah. Credible is working at, and they all show up wearing Justin Credible oh. merchandise. Not only that, I think that Internet Dave <laughs> should be given the task of finding out which Olive Garden uh, PJ Polanco, Justin Credible works at, and we should investigate the possibility of taking Sunday Night Showdown JJ on the road and doing a live remote Sunday Night Showdown from the Olive Garden that PJ Polanco works at. Provided oh, and the match over, RVD has won the match. Provided they provide us with all the breadsticks we can eat. Now, as long as they're giving me some just incredible breadsticks yeah. and some fantastic salad, I'm we completely with it. We do have about 15 minutes left in the in the pay review, so you never know at this point. So maybe here comes Abyss, possibly, maybe. Well, basically, um, Sabu had a table set up in one of the corners, and uh, <coughs> Fonzie was helping both guys. Set yep. up weapon, get weapons and stuff, and he missed the Arabian facebuster off the, uh, and went through the table himself, and then Van Dam uh, hits the five star for the finish. Kudos to both Sabu and Rob Van Dam. What a great match! And kudos, really, and kudos to TNA for giving RVD the belt that he should have had a long time in WWE. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, wow. uh, you know what? I'm sure S- and Sabu wrestles. Uh, twice a week, Fridays and Saturday nights, has for a long time along the independent scene uh, throughout North America. But he just goes to show ex- me, at least, that without a shadow of a doubt, he still got it. And what a great performance it was by both Sabu and RVD, and what a great match it was, too, guys. What a great moment, just RVD celebrating with uh, after having an awesome match with what, probably his best friend. Well, you know, and, and keep in mind that uh, One Night Stand 2005, RVD wasn't able to wrestle on that card, you know, due to that, that injury that he had suffered. So this is kind of a bittersweet thing for him. Well, he cut that promo, which was fantastic. And then, of course, uh, Heyman cut his promo, which was also fantastic. I mean, you have to admit that the uh, the Raw and SmackDown invaders missing from a show like this is, is a good idea because 
too much of that show was taken up by JBL and and all that bullshit. And I mean, uh, although I have to admit the the Heyman promo highlight was the was him ripping Edge. Hide your wives, it's Edge, and uh, and giving some support to Matt Hardy, which all the fans at the ball, Hammerstein Ballroom also gave their support to Matt Hardy. Of course, now we've got Rob Van Dam trying to uh, to trying to shake the hand of Sabu as both men embrace in the ring. And if Tommy Dreamer were here, he'd be crying right now, ladies and gentlemen. But he's <laughs> he, not. He's crying in the back. I hear him from here. Well, I mean, you got to admit in, in your office pool that Van Dam was going to win simply because he is the world heavyweight champion and, and he's got a match with, uh, with, with the Monster Abyss coming up tomorrow night that they're going to tape this thing. And, uh, I mean, if Sabu had won, you could have honestly made the argument that you could have made that a three-way dance. So, we'll And really, with the time they've got left, I suggest sending Abyss out there to destroy both of them. I agree. Yeah, I, I really think agree. that they should. And we might even see that yet because they're doing the video highlight recap of the match between Sabu <laughs> and RVD. And uh, as we're coming up on about 21 minutes before the hour, they certainly have the time to do it. And even, as you mentioned earlier, uh, this evening, Dave, that generally TNA pay-per-views have been going off the air about a quarter to nine uh, mountain time, and uh, they, they certainly... That, act- that's all pay-per-views, not just TNA. That's yeah. WWE, that's yeah. all of them. Yeah. Unlike the last pay-per-view, which... Uh, no, I'm sorry, two pay-per-views ago, which went off the air about 8.30, and what what about um, Money in the Bank? Did it about 8.40, 8.45? Yeah. yeah, somewhere right there. Yeah, so yeah. they obviously probably got the... Got the uh, the fans' reaction to uh, a show ending at two and a half hours and extended money in the bank. Yeah, that's to one two forty pro- or two forty five. That's one problem lately is uh, a lot of rest- a lot of pay per views aren't very memorable as they used to be. There's just so many pay per views that they just happen week after week or month after month, and it's just like they need to they need <laughs> to cut down on some of them. They're just not becoming memorable anymore. Well, well, TNA certainly will once their contract is up uh, with their pay per view provider. They'll probably go down to like six shows and then six, let's call Clash of the Champions types events. Right on. Yeah, I like how all these W guys are coming out celebrating. Although, I mean, with one night stand, when 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin showed up yeah. to to take care of Bischoff, oh, well, that when was he, a huge moment. Well, too. Well, when he told Benoit to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> kill him. Little did he know what he was saying at the time. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's what's missing. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like he'll show up and Rey Mysterio. Yes, and Rey Mysterio and Joey Styles and I. I can't believe we didn't see the Mexicals tonight. I, actually, if Psychosis Steve Austin, if Steve Austin was there, he'd have to be Mexico. like stunning <laughs> Steve, and he'd have to be like Steve Amania is running wild, brother. Well, and, and you know what? As you said, the Mexicals, David, reminded me of the fact that I really earlier in the week thought that we were going to see Super Crazy on the show. Easy up. No, no, he was confirmed. Him and Tajiri both confirmed they would not be at the show. Which is really a shame. However, you know, I I can remember the feud that those two had the 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 death match the death oh. matches that they had on TNN on ECW on TNN on Friday nights. Yep, those guys were just such great chemistry in the ring. Uh, you know, it, I wish in a perfect world, in a perfect world, Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka would have been at this show tonight. In a perfect world, Bam Bam Bigelow would have been at this show. Dixie in a perfect Carter is world, morning drinking. In a perfect world, ravishing Rick Rude would have been at this show. And, and you know so what, fuck JJ, you, Vince you, Chance. You you very eloquently said and stated some of the great former ECW 
wrestlers that have passed. And and there was a part of the show where I really thought that they were going to do a still video vignette. They should have. And they really should have. And they really dropped the ball in, in everything that they did that was good tonight. They really dropped the ball in not doing that as Tommy Dreamer calls Taz into the ring to have a final celebration. Um, I would really have loved to have seen the dearly departed. And I bumped into Rick Bogner, the second Razor Ramon today as he was promoting his book. And we, we talked a little bit about Mike Awesome and what he meant to not only Rick Titan at FMW in Japan in the days when, when uh, uh, Masato Tanaka and, and Mike Awesome were lighting it up there prior to even ever having a match in ECW. And, and I really thought that at some point tonight, as uh, Bubba Ray sticks his head into Dixie Carter's muff. But anyways, um, <laughs> I, I really thought that tonight we were going to see a retrospective uh, in memoriam uh, yeah, of the dearly departed. Photos. Yes, of the dearly departed former deceased ECW superstars. It didn't happen. But all in all, I, for one, enjoyed the pay-per-view when I was uh, really all week long thinking in a very skeptical way that it wouldn't be very entertaining, and I was exceedingly wrong. I was entertained. I was, JJ. No, I was entertained, too. I, I really was. Well, they did it. Tommy Dreamer proved us all wrong. But the problem is, Tommy, you did this for ECW. This does not translate to, to TNA. I'm sorry, it doesn't. I just I don't see where they go from here. And our fade to black. And, well, like I said, that's why Thursday is so important. Thursday is the launch point to uh, to Bound for Glory on 10-10-10, October the 10th, in Daytona Beach. And, I mean, AJ Styles, Kurt Angle, that's a huge match. I think this kind of gave us a breaking point uh, between what TNA was doing uh, in the first half of the year and now this is what TNA is doing in the second half of the year. Uh, they're kicking off, kicking off with a great wrestling show on Thursday. Uh, there's, like, if it's three hours, that's going to be awesome because be, it's not three hours. Well, they're doing two hours, then they're doing the the premiere. The react okay, so two reaction. hours, the premiere, two hours. So we're going to get yeah. nothing but awesome wrestling, uh, which is kind of weird because we get a lot of promo segments on TNA as of late. So it's it's going to be nice to see a good wrestling show of them. Uh, maybe they can uh, pop a good rating heading into the heading into the fall. Well, and let's not forget for the new newly named world television title. One of the six matches this Thursday should be a marquee matchup for the ages when AJ Styles defends that world television title against Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. I don't think it's a title defense. I thought I thought it was just a ranking match. Is, is that right? Yeah, it's, okay, it's, it's not a title. I stand defense. corrected, but it, regardless of whether the belt's on the line or not, the two of them should light it up, and arguably will be the highlight of the night come this Thursday. Well, yeah. Don't forget, uh, we have Van Dam and Abyss in the stairway to Janice match. We have uh, an open challenge for Jeff Hardy. I'd like to see Shelton jump do that. Well, world's greatest tag team is going to Ring of Honor. As long as it's not Jimmy Wang Yang. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if fucking Jimmy Wang Yang shows up yeah. and, and answers the challenge of, uh, oh, my well, God. Yeah, there's also a possibility of Helms because Helms is good friends with Jeff and Shannon. So True. That, that's a possibility. Well, well, cruiserweight Jimmy Yang in WCW was a hell of an athlete. Okay, but but 
in 2010 <laughs> for TNA, they don't need another WWE reject. No I offense, agree. Totally. No offense no, to him. No, they don't. No offense to him. I like Jimmy Wang Yang. Okay, Jimmy Yang you is can a call very Jimmy Yang now. <laughs> Jimmy Yang is a very good, a very good wrestler. I've met him several times. I've seen oh. him work the independence. The guy's good. He was good in WCW, but at this stage in the game, you can't bring him in and feud him with Jeff Hardy. No. If you want to bring somebody in from the WWE, fuck it. Bring in Batista. He just left. If you're going to bring Yang, you better, you better bring him back three counts. Well, what about Hurricane Helms? You know what? Any of the ones that you guys just mentioned don't mean a rat's ass. If they really want to make a difference, at the, uh, I mean, give, give Batista a blank check. You want to make a difference in ratings? Give the fucker a blank check and make sure he's on your show. Or at the very least, J.J., it's got to be Shelton Benjamin. But see, they don't need Batista because they have Rob Terry. Oh, pardon me. So yeah, do we, no, I, I, I get it. I and get he's younger. So, yeah. So do we get WWE Batista or do we get MMA Batista? We get MMA Batista, and then he'll <laughs> he'll he'll promote that he's in MMA. Batista, and then, Batista wants to kick cancer's ass. That's right. He yes, does. he does. Well, well, sorry, Batista wants to sign with Scott Coker's Strike Force and eventually have a match with Bobby Lashley is what he really wants. Well, didn't you confirm it this week that in the PWA? T- PWI top 500 that Rob Terry was ranked higher than D.H. Smith? I did. Yeah. I believe he was ranked in at number 67, and D.H. was ranked in at, like, <laughs> D.H. Smith 69. has been kind of disappointing But, but think about all the independent wrestlers that could kick Rob Terry's ass. Rob Terry could win a Mr. Olympia contest, but he ain't a fucking wrestler. He's a lot better than he was six months ago. I'll give him credit for that. But he's not number 67. Do you know who Rob Terry reminds me of? Since we're on this ECW nostalgia kick, he reminds me of Brockus. Yeah. Do you remember Brockus, the, y- yes, the, the no. WWE superstar that never really went anywhere on the roster that they sent down to ECW, and wh- he was a big deal there for a little bit? JJ, I actually, I actually managed Brockus here in <laughs> Calgary in Stampede Wrestling. He tagged with the Gothic Knight, Ed Gatsky, in Lethbridge against, believe it or not, Champagne Jerry Morrow oh boy. and the Cuban Assassin. Oh, once, boy. Once. He was blown up after about five minutes, and Bruce <laughs> never brought him back. <laughs> did, did he ever once say to you, get to the chapa, we've got to go? Actually, <laughs> when we were leaving McDonald's, he said that. He actually said that. Let's get to the chapa. I, I thought, I thought, I, I thought the, the governor of California was in McDonald's that night. It's time to get hit with a chair. Might get to a, the chapa. Might we see a Brackus appearance in the Expendables? Uh, well, time to film it. Oh, no. With Steve Austin and Randy, Randy Couture. Couture and Jet Li and Dolph Lundgren. It looks not Dolph Ziggler. No, no, no. It's going to be a fun movie. It looks like a pretty fun movie. That looks like a, uh, a, a movie that will draw a lot of ticket sales. Probably. I'm looking forward to it. But, you know, just if you're not aware of, of the Thursday lineup, these six matches and nothing else, wrestling only, is scheduled. Uh, Van Dam and Abyss, stairway to Janice match. Kurt Angle and AJ Styles is. Kurt- are, are they going to play Led Zeppelin as that match goes on? <laughs> <laughs> With we- Weird Al doing the knockoff <laughs> version of Stairway to Janice. Uh, climbing the stairway to Janice. Oh, Angelina Love and Madison Rain for the uh, <laughs> knockout title. The knocked up championship the on knock- the line. I'm yes. sorry, the knocked, knocked up, up yeah, championship. Yeah. What, what what was no, I thinking? ODB's gone. It's not knocked up anymore. No, that's true. Vel- Velvet Love. Velvet with love. Velvet, Velvet Love, love ladies Velvet gentlemen. Love. Yes. Hey. Angelina Sky. New, new nickname. New nickname for the gentleman here. 
Velvet Love. Do we call him Velvet Love from now on? I, you know what? If you want to get punched, he, he's he's a lot bigger than all three of us That's put true. together. Feel you call him Velvet <laughs> Love <laughs> and see whether it gets you, motherfucker. Benjamin Van Damme. Yeah, Jeff Hardy is the open challenge. Uh, D'Angelo De Niro, Matt Morgan, and Mr. Anderson in a three-way dance. And of course, hang on a second. I'm I'm just thinking you and Brad could have a match right here, right now. And if he beats you, he takes your spot on the show. The the lo- loser <laughs> leaves. Just a minute. The another loser leaves the network match. Could happen. Your special guest referee, which is kind of funny because Madison, Madison Rain does does those matches. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And as we all know, Dave's uh, one loss record lately has left something to be desired. Well, yeah, and. In uh, in the E-Fed, I am currently uh, 0-1. right. But you never know what the future may bring. Is this like a SmackDown Fed or uh, just kind of a role-playing Fed type thing? Oh, it, it's it's the E-Fed that I do for the network. I'll have to show it to you when... Uh... Oh, right on. You'll love it. So uh, D'Angelo, De Niro, Matt Morgan, and Mr. Anderson could have a heck of a contest on Thursday night. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and of course, Beer Money and, and the Guns uh, match five in their, in their best of five World Tag Team title series and... And uh, they cut some good promos, Chris Saban and and uh, Robert Roode, this past week before their Ultimate X match. And how about Robert Roode trying to climb and <coughs> above the above the, the cables and walk down and flop onto the title? Never seen that in Ultimate X match before, but obviously Chris Saban getting the victory. Yeah, it's almost as bad as when they had it. So James Storm was too drunk <laughs> to climb the ladder, and Roode was was afraid of heights to climb the ladder. I can't believe they booked that. It should be really interesting to see who the drunk. mystery is. Yeah, that, that was what Russo booked. He was too drunk to climb the ladder. Oh, it was me. probably Russo being too drunk to fucking book, never mind climb the ladder. Yeah, it should be really interesting to see who they book as the mystery opponent, JJ, for Jeff Hardy. It should be. And that's this Thursday, correct? Yep. Yes. I'm almost tempted to Uh-oh. say we should we should go oh. live on the air to cover TNA's <laughs> pay-per-view on Thursday. Yeah. And Dave will buy pizza. Almost tempted to do a live show right well, here you on know the what, guys? Radio Network. I'm saying if, if TNA goes from 12 pay-per-views down to six and there's like six um, like impact three-hour super spectacular Clash of the Champions, we should do those shows as well because we'd have fewer Sundays that we Let's get right covering. to the point. Dave, are you available Thursday? I'd have to double-check. Okay, well, if he's not available... I could try. What a bunch of... <laughs> What a bunch of fucking fence sitters. I'm trying to book a bonus show here on the network, and I'm getting, well, I, could be I, there I, I might have to work. You. I could be I there, I could be there for Janice, definitely. I'll oh, be there for Janice. I, I, there I might Janice. have to work, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I got to see the most extreme That's okay. hardcore. You know what? Speaking on behalf of JJ, both you fuckers aren't invited. We're going to do the show on our own. How about well, that? Hey, we're going to invite Boom Boom. I'm not going to read the spoilers this week. Holy shit. Anyways. That's awesome. <laughs> You've got bring- my attention, TNA. I'm not going to read the spoilers. I, I might mean- have to bring the Shark Jr. tag team, but that's okay. you got a big playroom here. How crazy would it be in a world with- without internet spoilers? Like, everything's live. That would be awesome. That would generate so much more interest. I'd love yes, to be live. Yes. Well, TNA tried to be live on Monday nights the hour before Raw started, and, and spoilers... A lack of spoilers didn't uh, Dave, you, help their you, ratings. You sat in bottom of some sports pub here in Calgary. How many Wednesday nights in a row there were never any spoilers because it was live every Wednesday? Uh, I I think after after about six months of the TNA weekly shows, I was down at Bottoms Up every Wednesday, minus thirty or plus thirty, along and, with uh, uh, with uh, D. H. Smith and Tyson Kidd. Absolutely, we were there every week, yeah. and uh, I God, I think I was at Bottoms Up two or three times a week back then. But <laughs> yeah, you were there way too much. 
Well, you know what's funny because <laughs> it's my second home. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where where we instilled the ability for you to drink copious amounts of Jack Daniels and still walk out the front door standing. And who could forget all those wonderful parties we had on behalf of uh, Bottoms Up? Absolutely. The birthday bashes. The, bur- the birthday bashes. Yes. Yeah. The well, bash, it's funny. The, the bash at the beach at Bottoms Up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one Bottoms Up story. Uh, t- speaking of TNA Wednesday pay per views, my birthday fell on a Wednesday night, probably uh, 2006 or 2005, and my friends were like, "Well, what do you want to do? I want to go to Bottoms Up and watch the TNA live Wednesday pay per view, and then do." my old show ringside manor on tape afterwards so what did six of us do that was before jeff arrived six of us clevitz and three or four of the other old rm crew and they all bought you a hooker you got too drunk you passed out and you couldn't do anything about it i never got my money from that blow-up doll back (laughs) her name was dolly i remember her quite well is that that when thunder aired on wednesdays no was it or was it thursday no thunder was on thursday but but yeah, yeah so we sat there we watched the tna pay-per-view and uh, fortunately, there wasn't a Flames game, so it wasn't a very busy evening. It was pretty busy at Bottoms Up, but we had enough people to... Well, all your friends were there, so it really wasn't busy. But anyways, go ahead. Oh, my God. And uh, we sat there, and then we did a taped edition of, of the old show, and it was one of the best birth For having a birthday on a Wednesday, that was a pretty damn good Wednesday birthday, I have to tell you. JJ, we'll have to talk off air about the... Thursday thing. Yeah, well, we'll definitely if if we decide to do it, I'll make the announcement maybe tomorrow, tomorrow night on yeah. Wrestling News Live or Tuesday night on Unplugged. Either way, we'll figure it out. Maybe, <laughs> just maybe, I got to see what my schedule has ahead of me. But maybe we could cover this uh, special pay per view quality edition of uh, of TNA Impact this Thursday night. Well, we'll may- see. maybe we'll see, see. see what the dog is up up to. Yeah, I'll have to see what the dog yeah, is up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I would love to have Trey on. For and that. it's a that busy week. In the world of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, and it's a busy week here on the SNS Radio Network as well. It is. We've got a lot of things coming up. Obviously, tomorrow night we've got uh, Wrestling News Live. Tuesday we're back again for Unplugged. Uh, We have the archive of MMA Now on Fridays. And MMA Now this week is going to be extra special because we're going to be having extensive coverage of last night's stellar Ultimate Fighting Championship 117 card that went down at the Oracle Arena in San Diego, California. And a few guys who are listening right now haven't seen the main event for the middleweight championship between the challenger, Chael Sonnen, and the UFC middleweight champion, Anderson the Spider Silva. I got to steal a line from Joey Styles when I say, Oh my God, Chael Sonnen dominated... Anderson Silva, like he has never been dominated in his robbed. career, in his career, and in the fifth round, uh, Anderson the Spider Silva caught Chael Sonnen with a triangle choke and made Sonnen tap. That's MMA for you. Anything can happen in MMA. Oh my God! And the rest of the card was fantastic, and we're going to have extensive coverage along with JJ Sexy and Jesse Vane on this week's MMA Now premiering. This coming Friday here on the SNS Radio Network. And then Saturday. Saturday we'll have uh, both an episode of hopefully the Pro Wrestling Rewind will be up. Uh, I got the archive from Andy Knowles today for this week's edition. I'll post it later on tonight. Um, Pro Wrestling Rewind, of course. We'll also have an episode of uh, World Wrestling Revolution from Dublin, Ireland. Which is a very good show. Very good. And I I caught a bit of it this past week. And uh, kudos to the... uh, 
to the gentlemen that do. I, 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 Go ahead. Kudos to the fellas. To the fellas. Pardon the fellas. me. I stand corrected. That is one entertaining show. It absolutely uh, I, is. I caught it for about a half an hour uh, off the top of their last show uh, that you had archived this past week. Very entertaining. And uh, that fella, Daryl O'Connor. Uh, he, the straight-edge cyber star, Daryl O'Connor. There you go. He's a good fella. And don't forget, next Sunday, we'll be uh, right back here covering... Again? The biggest party of the summer. The ladies. hottest party of the summer. The, the flagship, baby. Party. Sunday Night Showdown for, sum- for Summerfest 2010. Nah, it ain't Summerfest no more. That was last year. Get with oh, the times. Right. It's SummerSlam, bitch. With the seven on see, we four, all... seven on It's going to be seven on seven. See, Dave, five. we almost made it through the entire show, but not quite. He called you a bitch. It was going so smoothly, too. <laughs> but on that seven note... Seven on two, seven on... On that note, that's what you have to expect right here on the SNS Radio Network. We're going to kind of shift gears for just a few moments, and uh, one of the reasons we brought Brad on tonight was to kind of talk a little bit of wrestling gaming. So uh, with that said, I'm going to kick it over here to, to, to Brad. What's What do we got in store for us tonight? All right, so uh, so Teenage just released uh, two games recently, uh, Cross the Line on the PSP. Uh, so Cross the Line on the PSP is their... Old game uh, has a uh, the uh, X Ultimate X Global Tour tournament mode. Uh, also has a Canadian arena that is has Canadian flags around there and Maple Leafs. So so that's the PSP game. DS game is kind of like a uh, No Mercy portable, No Mercy, very basic controls. They added Hogan in black, black Brother. and white, and they added McFoley. Which but the thing is, all the wrestlers have the same model. So only for the PSP? Only if that's for the DS. For the DS. Nintendo okay. DS. Right. They have two modes. They have Victory Road mode, which is a gauntlet for the titles. And then they have a Bound for Glory, which is actually kind of weird. When you win the world title, it's the Ultimate X title being shown when you win the Ultimate. Well, so, somebody, and it says, somebody in the video department fucked up. It's like you are the new world champion. And, and, and Vince Russo is in the back of the credits. That, that actually made me cry. And this game isn't for either the Xbox or the Wii formats? Yeah, it's, it's, no? it's, it's okay. the older one that came okay. out about two years ago. Okay. But they just put it on the PSP because what happened is uh, Midway went under, so uh, South Peak published it. And they, they kind of made their own versions. So shift into something a little bit more old school a little bit. Uh, there's this game called Action Arcade Wrestling. It's going to be for Xbox Live, uh, downloadable on the uh, on the uh, on the uh, arcade uh, arcade for the independent games. I, th- I believe it's called uh, X and A is something where you can basically you pay Microsoft a hundred dollars and you can make any game you want, and and they'll put it on there and you can uh, charge money for it. You can make money off, so it's really easy for people to uh, sell games. If you give JJ a hundred dollars, yeah. he'll he'll custom make a game for you as well. <laughs> yeah, they they have so many games. They have like all these party games on there and like beer pong games, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this game is basically uh, a classic game. They you can create your own arena. You can uh, has a ton of. Uh, Kind of fake super uh, superstars and wrestlers. Uh, Wrestling isn't fake. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not not really fake, but kind of. I know what you mean. Kind yeah. of like original superstars. You can customize them. Has has this match type, so it's very an old school type of wrestling game. Uh, so the other thing is uh, WWE has some games. I don't know if you heard WWE makes wrestling games. Uh, so uh, I heard something about that. Yeah, once. you heard you heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, I got a fax yesterday. Actually, yeah. WWE SmackDown versus Raw 2011 is coming out uh, October 26th. So a few weeks earlier this year, the whole thing is this is your moment. Uh, so basically, I, I imagine there's going to be a, a moment mode. Uh, it's it's going to be updated roster, all all that stuff. 
as well as they have a uh, game called WWE All Stars coming in March. So in time, just in time for WrestleMania. So they have a game for Survivor Series, a game for a game for WrestleMania. Smart. Smart. And, well, yeah, and we'll certainly have full coverage mm-hmm. of uh, Raw versus SmackDown 2011. Yeah, right? and, and All Stars basically is kind of like it's based on the TNA Impact Engine. Which unfortunately is the case, uh, and so but the superstars are kind of basically uh, super hulked up characters, like five times the size of Hulk Hogan. Uh, they do moves like a, a jumping uh, attitude adjustment. Uh, the The Rock is in it. The Rock and John Cena are the only two characters that are now so far. Uh, so it's it's very over the top game. It's it's a good game for the kids. It's kind of like if you took NBA Jam. I don't know if you heard of NBA Jam a long time ago. An arcade basketball yep. game. Yes. And then and you mix with WWE. That's what basically is. Yeah, where you could do slam dunks from mm-hmm. your from the far end of the court. Yeah, and exactly. It was, you should see my kid on, yeah. on Wii NBA 2K10. What a whiz. Yeah, which, 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 which is kind of odd, too, because EA just recently announced NBA Jam, Xbox 360, PS3, coming if you buy NBA Elite. So arcade uh, arcade games are coming back in a big way. And a game for that's only in Korea, SmackDown vs. Raw. It's like Take World of Warcraft. I don't know if you've heard of that game. Kind of, kind of popular, kind of a big thing. Just a bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. And you mix it with SmackDown. Uh, there is a fourth game that has been talked about, but they haven't announced it yet. It's it's really a mystery. I, I hope it's kind of like a, an Xbox Live Arcade game uh, with uh, kind of like older graphics, but all the new wrestlers. That would be really cool. Like a, kind of like a, old, uh, like a new no, no Mercy re-release type thing. Well, that's pretty much what's coming for... Uh, uh, for, for SmackDown games, so I'm looking forward to the new SmackDown game. They have a the new SmackDown game. They have new physics system. So if you throw someone uh, off off a ladder through uh, uh, off a ladder, there's a table. They'll go through that table. You could aim your body slam. So you could aim your body slam on that chair. That chair will dent. Uh, and, and so it's very feels very um, uh, kind of like everything is really real and very dynamic and very natural where it doesn't feel like everything's a canned like a canned like animation it just feels like a lot more natural and it's going to add a lot to the uh the gameplay because the big thing this year is the TLC mode which they're talking about uh where you can uh you can do finishers off off the ladder now which is a big thing like a code breaker or an RKO so yeah smackdown uh they haven't really announced too much about SmackDown 2011 yet, but uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll uh, announce stuff in the uh, uh, a, f- uh, a few weeks before the game. So I'm looking forward to SmackDown. Well, you know, the good thing about it is, you know, we've got SummerSlam coming up and what the release date for SmackDown versus Raw 2011, October 26th, which is a conflict for me because there's two games that come out that day that I'm going to have to pick up. SmackDown versus Raw 2011 and The Force Unleashed 2. Looking forward to both of those. But... Bottom line on that, we're only a few months away. So after after SummerSlam, I'm pretty sure that we're st- we're going to start hearing news about what's going on with SmackDown versus Raw 2011. Uh, and I cannot wait. I'll be covering it, of course, on Unplugged and everything else around here. But I uh, cannot wait to, to get my hands on SmackDown versus Raw 2011. And which uh, I love, uh, one thing I love about SmackDown games is having eFeds, having our, our own card, booking our own card, uh, doing our storylines, uh, making our posts kind of colorful, like adding an entrance video, and just kind of telling a story ourselves. Because let's let's face it, you play a SmackDown game that has a five-hour story mode, uh, maybe has a, a challenge mode, then that's it. So adding these fee feds adds a lot to the uh, adds a lot to the longevity of the game, which uh, I actually do on a website called uh, ExceedWrestling.com. 
which is kind of like my own little uh, my own little space where I do my own coverage on there. JJ, you need to involve him and and enlighten him into the event. <laughs> well, we'll sit down and I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll show him stuff because I think you love uh, it, brother. You will uh, love it. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be looking for some uh, Buckers come uh, SmackDown release <laughs> season two. <laughs> Well, with that said, we're going to kind of shift. Uh, thanks, Brad, for joining us for the gaming segment. I think we'll take a couple calls before we kind of wrap the show up because I want to get some listener uh, feedback. I wonder what you guys thought of this pay-per-view tonight, quite frankly. I mean, I I thought it was – I liked it. I was entertained. Again, I'm still sticking to my guns that I don't see how this helped out in the long run uh, for TNA. I think it was great for, for ECW, but as far as TNA is concerned – it really didn't do anything for total nonstop action wrestling. Yeah, I mean, to me, from a certain perspective, this was the Carter family uh, booking an independent wrestling pay-per-view using the, uh, the, the space that they rent from Universal Studios. Well, absolutely. And uh, with that said, we actually do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? What's up, JJ? It's not have a... And the official news sources, news editor, Chris Kelly. How are you guys doing today? Uh, we're doing good. It's good to have the international flavor from uh, from England, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Kelly. Or should we call you Hardcore Kelly? Because you are the current and reigning Hardcore Champion in the SCWE Fed. Yeah, and no, I will be there for a long, long time. But let's talk about the pay-per-view. You know what? People are already shitting on it, saying this is a shit TNA yeah, shit TNA pay-per-view. People don't understand this is not a TNA pay-per-view. It was an ECW reunion. And that's what people can't seem to understand. They think that this, this was a booked by TNA. It was not. It was booked by Tommy Dreamer. And for that, it was a great show. There's, there's not one thing I can bitch about. Possibly not enough weapons, but as you said, ECW was not all about weapons. It was about great wrestling and weapons. And for me, I okay because I live here in England, I can't pay for the pay per view, but I would I would I would honestly pay the money for it because I felt it was I felt for for the first time in a long time it was worth the money. Well, you know what I I did too. I had no problem plopping down the money tonight uh, for a card that we didn't know what was going to happen. I got I got to give credit to Tommy Dreamer. He pulled it together, and uh, you know, good show tonight. The problem is, people that watch the show for the first time are going to be like. Oh, this is awesome. And then when they watch TNA, the next pay-per-view, who's to say that they're not going to think the same thing? Unless they possibly don't have, like, kind of keep keep some guys around. Because I did read somewhere, and I do believe it was figure four weekly, that Dixie Carter liked liked the, the, the pay-per-view so much, he's considering bringing, bringing some of the guys as a faction, which I would, know, I would have no, no problem with. Because those guys would bring in new fans. Well, we've already seen that. They, I can't remember what they were called back then, but um, Justin Credible was in that group, and, and I think Sandman was in that group for a while. It was like the Extreme All-Stars or something. Back in the Team weekly pay-per- back in the weekly pay-per-view days. So, I mean, I think a lot of fans probably haven't been around that long to, to even know that, but, I mean, if, if this is going to become an ECW pay, uh, company, then they're dead. But I'm not sure because you saw, you've seen how the, how this pay-per-view got attention from the fans. He, like, like I said, if they hate it or love it, but they still tuned in and, and saw it. And some people will, 
will watch Impact just a bit on the product, but Teenage will still get a higher view, uh, viewership because people are tuning in to, to uh, watch it and, and criticize it. Well, we'll see. I mean, bottom line, like I said, they hit a home run with this one tonight. Hopefully they, they did a decent buy rate. I don't think it's going to be in the uh, upper echelon of what they thought. Well, I would be surprised if this drew 20,000 tonight, but if it did, then, you know, kudos to them. I'm saying 12, 12 at the most. Well, 12 I mean, is a good number. If they average eight and this draws 12, then I hope that the money from those extra 4,000 buys, let's just say, goes to the wrestlers. It won't. Well, you you know it won't, but you'd almost hope it would. Well, okay, I mean, I think it's too much to ask, and this is the thing that bothered me about the whole Tommy Dreamer, oh, we got shit on, blah, 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 with WWE. Well, first of all, when anybody, when you buy another company out, are you going to give them carte blanche on, you know, doing a final show and doing it the way that you want to do it? You know, if you are Vince McMahon, you have a vision for what you want that show to be. And if you own that product, that is your guaranteed right. If you own something, you are the one controlling it. It would be like if you bought Sunday Night Showdown from me, Dave. And I went back to you and said, you know what? I want to redo Sunday Night Showdown. I want to have one last hurrah. And you produced the show, and you dictated how I did my show. Fuck no, I'm not going to be happy with it. Because you're not going to do things the way that I do things. And that's just the way it is. Mm. But, 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 but from, that, from that, you would also understand why they want to redo it. Yes, it might be on a different banner, but they want to have one last night to prove that they, were the, that, that they are still good at what they do. And I'm thinking they did. Yes, some of the guys did look a bit ring rusty, but like, but like we like, but like, like we all agreed, this show was watchable. It was viable, and that is a big step up from from TNA. And hell, Tommy Dreamer said it himself. They have set the bar now. T- now TNA need, need to raise it. Okay, well that's just it. They set the bar, but TNA is not going to get anywhere near that bar. I, I mean, I hope that Tommy Dreamer is helping book TNA. I hope we see more of what we saw tonight on TNA programming. Then maybe they have a chance. But you know, I don't know, Crowley. I, I just. Again, good show tonight. On the whole, it does nothing for for TNA. I'm sorry, it doesn't. It just does nothing for them. Mm. But yeah, I agree. Great show, but like I said, TNA doesn't really benefit unless they can keep some of these new viewers for for weeks to come and months to come and possibly years to come. But that's my thoughts, and I'm pretty sure you guys are getting slammer phone calls. So I will return to the chat room. I'll I'll speak to you on Tuesday during Unplugged. Sounds good, Crowley. We'll talk to you then, man. Okay, the way I see it is, uh, as far as the TNA product goes, you can just kind of forget this pay-per-view, uh, and they just put that pay-per-view basically on, on free television, which Dixie was talking about months ago, is the way I look at it. It's just kind of the pay-per-view is now on uh, the TNA the television, uh, in, in, instead of instead of on paid pay-per-view. So I, I hope that, uh, I think TNA, the best option for them is to do the pay-per-views free on television, gain the audience back, and when they have the audience to put that money down again they go back to pay-per-view that's, that's well you know what I, I really liked uh your perspectives tonight uh on sunday night showdown you did an outstanding job in your review of some of the upcoming uh, uh video games uh that are applicable to the world of sports entertainment and professional wrestling uh enjoyed your perspectives um i i think that you hit the nail on the head Right there. Maybe, and I don't think it's going to happen just because of the financial feasibility of, of doing pay-per-views and the fact that Spike's involved and, and uh, they need to fulfill their contractual obligation to 
the pay-per-view systems, not only in the States, but in Canada. But it would be interesting, as you stated, to pull back and don't charge for the pay-per-views for a period of one year. Build up the crowd, and then when it means something... And you have a pay-per-view, the buy rate might be and probably would be uh, exceedingly higher than what they've ever had for a TNA pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, I I suspect, like I said, that that's never going to happen, but it would certainly be interesting if it did. And and, and I really look tonight at tonight's pay-per-view, as JJ stated, as as not a TNA pay-per-view because it wasn't. The only thing TNA about it was the logo and Mike Tanay. Um But it was very entertaining, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I did think that there was some uh, comedic relief spots that were not necessary, but I, I found to be entertaining. Um, and, and now it's time for TNA to turn the page, and they better come to the plate with an outstanding product this Thursday night. They're actually recording it at the Impact Zone in uh, in Orlando tomorrow night, and, and given the lineup, and Dave gave the rundown, I expect it to be JJ top notch. You know what? I I think it's going to be. I think it's I think it's going to be um, an interesting show. We'll see what happens. I mean, obviously there was no hype going into it tonight, but uh, we will mm-hmm. definitely see what happens. Uh, I think we actually have a call on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? It was good. He's CJ Bowman. What's going on, y'all? CJ, welcome hey. back. Long time, man. Long time. Oh, yeah. Very long time, man. I missed this, man. But in all honesty, man, I came home. I saw the pay-per-view, last, like, the fragment of the, uh, the previous match and the last match. I have to say, I'm not mad at this pay-per-view at all. The only part I'm pissed off about that, it had nothing to do with t- total nonstop action. CJ, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. What's up? Uh, sorry, you, you dropped there for a second. Uh, the only thing that you were not happy with was what? That it had nothing to do with TNA okay. whatsoever. Well, it wasn't trying to. I mean, it was Tommy Dreamer uh, booking a show that involved all his old friends from the old days. It's TNA is- giving a gift to the ECW originals. So, so. Yeah, but then again, you got to understand, like, you know, like JJ just says, and I was thinking this the whole night, too. What what in effect does this really do for the company? Does it really do anything if they don't go forward with it? It's obvious they're not going forward with it on th- immediately. You know, they're not going forward with it immediately. So I don't think it'll really have anything to do. Other than that, it's been a good pay-per-view from what I saw. Well, it was definitely a nice trip down memory lane. I... There were times tonight when I literally thought that I was watching ECW from 1998. You know, yeah. just uh, the stuff we saw. I, again, I, I like the pay-per-view. I know there's people in the chat that are shitting on it tonight, and I don't know what you guys were watching. but Well, I mean, what did One Night Stand do for WWE? I mean, that was giving Heyman and, and Van Dam and those guys that we never saw before in the company and never saw again in the company. I, I will tell you what it gave WWE. It gave Vince an idea that he could add another pay-per-view to the lineup. Don't kid yourself. It wasn't that he was doing something special for Paul Heyman and Rob Van Dam. Sure, they pitched the idea to him, but in Vince's mind, he thought about money. Because how many pay-per-views have we seen on a yearly basis from that company? At one point, we were having like 14 pay-per-views in a year. 
So Didn't don't think that? for two seconds that it was about doing something for anybody other than his pocketbook, because it wasn't. Of course, of course. I mean, didn't they drop down to to, to thirteen? Well, yeah, you know, down to thirteen now. Yeah, no, but I mean, yeah, they're still doing. They're still doing two pay per views in October. Yeah, aren't they like two weeks apart or something? Yes. Yes, it's um <laughs> Hell in a Cell and then Bragging Rights. Yeah. So what is Hell in a Cell going to accomplish that Bragging Rights won't be the rematches of those of those matches? Not to mention you have Survivor Series, which is supposed to be the team based match. Well, Bragging Rights you can't do again because. Unless Raw wins it this year, is it NXT, because SmackDown is won it NXT last. Maybe versus WWE, possibly. Um. Oh yeah. I mean, granted, you know, if you want to push the next storyline, that's the perfect pay per view to push it to. Dragon rights or the return of uh, season two's competitors, and Eli Cottonwood gets revenge or something. Or does or does Nexus even last till October? No, they'll probably last till October. I mean, granted, you know, the person that they're really high on is Wade Barrett because I mean. He's great, let's well, be honest. Well, to me, I didn't see much of NXT Season 1, but Wade Barrett clearly deserved to be the winner. And don't forget, guys, um, sometime in October, which is only about six or eight weeks away, SmackDown makes the switch from my network TV to Sci-Fi, which means... First weekend, the first Friday in um, October. The first Friday in October. Thank you, CJ. So does this mean that the last, fr- uh, the last Tuesday of... September season two of NXT is completed and then the NXT concept has done its job and because sci-fi doesn't want two wrestling shows in the same week I mean some news has got to break on that in the next I don't know five or six weeks guys they've also uh, been trying to shop around uh, Nexus to uh, Bravo I I believe as well yeah they want to they wanted to keep it within the um the Universal. I think Comcast already bought it, so they wanted to keep it within the Comcast family. If Comcast didn't buy it, then I'll just say the General Electric. But um, I know for a fact that, you know, with the idea of them now signing Tyler Black, there's more than likely going to be a season three of NXT. Well, probably. Uh, I just I want to I want to comment on something I just read in the chat room. Uh, Tony O says the people shitting on it are just haters and WWE marks who can't come to grips with the fact that TNA did something great. Let me correct you. TNA didn't do anything great. ECW, Tommy Dreamer, and those boys did something great tonight. The only thing TNA did was let them have a forum to do what they do. Yeah, they just provided TNA a TNA did nothing great tonight. Yeah. This was all the guys that were former ECW stars. Yeah, Dixie Carter just stood there and looked pretty. Well, but if I thought Dixie Carter and uh, Pan Energy... They wouldn't be able to do this. So. That's true, but so you, you can't. A little bit of well, but you can't give them complete credit. Oh, it was their their idea because yeah, you know, that. yeah, it's that that's not the point. Well, I mean, if somebody else had the money, then probably they would have created some sort of independent pay per view, like Hardcore All Stars pay per view, or, or Legends of, or excuse me, Heroes of Wrestling, which was the god awfulest pay per view ever. Yeah, but I mean. Dixie Carter was the uh I bought that motherfucker. It was bad. Dixie Carter was the uh the bank account to make this pay-per-view happen because nobody Tommy Dreamer probably knew had the bank account to uh to produce an independent pay-per-view that probably about 12,000 people Brad would have bought but they didn't have the money to to get it off the, off the ground and and launch it to begin with. So they had hey TNA, you've got a, a venue, you've got a pay-per-view outlet. Can we do this and Dixie to a lot of people's disagreement, agreed to do that show. 
Yeah, granted. Like, let's take a and now let's take a look. Now let's take a look at the two ECW pay per views that everybody <laughs> seems to love. One Night Stand 2005 and this one. And I know a lot of people are going to sit down and say that this one was a great pay-per-view. And I'm not going to sit there. I'm actually not going to disagree with them on that. As much as I love 2005. Yep. The only thing you can really do with this pay-per-view is just appreciate it for the great moment it was. And just, just understand that it was just something out of the TNA win, uh, highway of of matches. Or else you're just going to... I don't know, just be so depressed over what TNA has done for morale. Well, don't forget that this that these guys are all five years older, and I'm although, I mean, Tommy booked a hell of a show. It's going to be a different show for those two factors. I mean, 2006, Edge was a prominent part, Cena was a prominent part, and uh, like I said, Randy Orton faced Kurt Angle, and neither one of them had ever been in, in an ECW uh, televised event. So don't forget, Ray. don't forget Ray Mysterio. Yeah, don't forget Ray. Right. Ray versus Sap. Well, on that note, that was a great match. That was a great match. On that note, CJ, is there anything else before we kind of wrap up? Yeah, I just want to say one more thing. Just one more thing. As you know, JJ, me and a certain Englishman kissed and made up. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. I heard you guys made out for like two hours. Ah, oh, shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, really? I mean, anyway, so we so we're friends again, and we're back to doing what we do best. And that's spending two hours on the radio talking nothing. <laughs> oh, so what, Seinfeld? You guys are bringing Seinfeld back? Dun, 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 dun. Uh, we saw. I thought we had our, our fill of reunion shows. <laughs> nah, but... <laughs> hey, CJ, here's, here's a thought. Why don't you and Crelly uh, contact Dixie Carter and see if next month you guys <laughs> can put on a pay-per-view since you guys have reunited. Crelly presents Victory Road live from the Impact Zone. Live from the Crelly Zone. <laughs> In Orlando, Florida. Victory Road, 2010. Yeah, but seriously, though, uh, myself and Crelly, myself and Chris, I actually decided to bring back the one show that I know people have been asking about, asking me for a while, the Headlocks Lounge. We're bringing it back at the end of the month. And we got one interview already scheduled for that show with Shelly Martinez. Very nice, very nice. So, wherever we do it, you guys will be the first to know. Sounds good, man. Just keep us updated on that. Oh, definitely, man. All right, man. Well, thanks for calling in tonight. We'll talk to you soon, CJ. Good to have you back. All right. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. Peace. All right, brother. <laughs> wow. Hell hath frozen over here on the network. Crully and Bowman have kissed and made up. I know. Stranger things have wow. happened, right? I'm telling you. Unreal. Uh, I think we're. this is our last phone call of the night before we wrap things up. We've got about another five minutes before we wrap things up. So joining us on the line, welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? Hey, guys. It's the Straight Edge Seven. I believe we have Dara on the on the show, but I think you're starting to break no, up. Dara, on. are you there? How is it going, fellas? No, that's much better. Fellas. Too many limes. Fella, are you there? Did Derek get Skypey and death dropped? I've got him listed on the on the on the the call display here. It's still going right. down, so still counting. Speak up, fella. All right. Well, why will while we do that? Let's just run down Hardcore Justice uh, to match by match. In case you're coming in late, like uh, like uh, the Power and and Walkie, I think I saw just join here a few minutes ago. Uh, the FBI, Little Guido, Tracy Smothers, 
God bless Tracy Smothers. Brother and, don't know, brother don't care. <laughs> and Tony Mamaluke with Sally defeated Kid Cash. And holy shit, Kid Cash comes back to the impact zone. That's a story in itself. Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger. Two Cold Scorpio over C.W. Anderson. Yeah, hang, in a, hang on a second before you go any further. In a wrestling I, match. I think I'm going to see if I can book Kid Cash on WNL to see if we can get fired again from somewhere. <laughs> Kid Cash, why the fuck were you in, in, in TNA's venue? Uh, Stevie Richards over Just Incredible Breadsticks. That's what we're calling That's right. Them. Just Incredible Breadsticks with a side of salad. <laughs> Rhino over Brother Runt and Al Snow. Team 3D over Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney with the Flaming Table. Raven over Tommy Dreamer in a bloodbath. And Rob Van Dam with Bill Alfonso defeats Sal Bi- Sabu with Bill Alfonso. Yeah, Daddy. Yeah, Daddy! <laughs> the Flaming Table direct from the Gay Pride Parade in Vancouver, <laughs> British Columbia. No shit. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm going to see if our caller's still with us. Dare, are you there? Hey, guys. Can you hear me now? Uh, we can hear you, man. What's going on? All right, sorry about that. I think I got a scorpion death drop. <laughs> What's up, fellas? How are things? The show was pretty good. The show was pretty good. I was happy with it. I was um, happy with it, fella. I did, <laughs> fella. Stop making fun of his Irish accent. I'm not making fun of anything. You're making fun of me, beautiful pale skin. <laughs> don't make fun of the ginger. Oh, I'm not ginger. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. You don't have thanks. red hair. But um. No, the show was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, the Raven-Tommy Dreamer match, I have to admit, I did mark out there pretty pretty bad because, as you know, JJ, I'm a huge Raven fan. And it was old school. It, as you said, it was like watching it back, you know, back in 96, 97. It was just like, whoa. They, even to the lighting and everything, it was dark. And, you know, even though it was in the impact zone, they, they changed it to the point that you kind of forgot you were, it was in the impact zone. There was a great feeling off it. The matches were booked very well. They built up the card nicely. And the main event, even though we didn't get what was advertised, we still got a much better match. In my opinion, we, that, um, Sabu and RVD always going to put on a classic. You know, even though it's botchy as hell, that's what you want. You know, you want the reunion. You want the botch fest. Warts and all. That's what we got from TNA in the past. And that's what we got today. From ECW in the past. And that's what TNA gave us tonight. No, they opened the form. They didn't book it, thank Christ, but they did give him the form. And <laughs> Can you imagine so what Vince Russo would have done with this show tonight, guys? Jesus Christ. We'd, we'd have oh, that, the, that raising table. Like we have this thing in uh, Abyss. I didn't mind that, actually. But the, the casket? Yeah. When they chanted Fire Russo. <laughs> uh, I, Oof. I think I got that match no. on tape. I'm going to go back and listen to that because I think that's the second or third time they had, char- they had chanted that. But Derek, keep going. Um, yeah, thankfully we'll, we'll never see that again. But if Vince Russo had a book that tonight, there it would have been very Russo-rific. But we would, you know, the internet would have torn apart as you know more than they are now, and it's completely unwarranted now. I don't know what show a lot of these guys are watching, but the show I was watching, I thoroughly enjoyed. So you know that's going to happen. People are going to shit on TNA whether it's good or not. But well, they have a lot of ground to make up now. You know, as I said, they raised the bar, and TNA have to match it. So we see if they will in this um, this coming Thursday. So we'll see. And, and, and see. that's my biggest argument. This was a great ECW nostalgic show, but at the same time, it really does nothing in the long term for TNA wrestling. Other than the fact that people who might have watched this tonight might be willing to give TNA a chance, and if they don't pull out all stops and raise the bar 
and have a much better booking product. If Russo is still booking, God help them. If Tommy Dreamer books the show on Thursday, it might have a chance. But well, and let's they've not forget do some drastic changes. That, that the what the one half of the Russo Rific booking tag team is been exiled from TNA. Ed Ferraro is gone. So, you know, we could only hope and speculate that, in fact, this will be, J.J., a new beginning this Thursday. And uh, for all intents and purposes, so far, it, it looks like it might be. Uh, I hope. And, and, mm-hmm. and really, I, I don't think any of us that, that follow and commentate on the product as much as we do have any problem with the in-ring talent. The, the roster itself is stellar. They're, they're more than capable. They're exciting. Um, they, they put themselves over and the characters that they have exceedingly well. But we shit on, on this show and other shows on the network, continually on the shoddy booking and fucked up storytelling that we are subjected to on a week-by-week basis. And we all, in unison, hope that at some point it's going to get better. Well, the bottom mm. line is it's just basic storytelling that they need to start doing. Is I want more logic. I know uh, Dixie said on her Twitter a long time ago that she loves Lost because there's no logic r- involved. It's just entertainment. Like I, I really hope that that's not the mentality it, that it's used in TNA. I just want some logic. Like if someone, uh, for example, does a run and uh, is wearing a biking a biker costume and, and attacks you, you shouldn't be going. Uh, into the sunset with them. That doesn't make sense to me. Oh, man. Maybe they should mm. rename it Lost Wrestling Action. And <laughs> the storyline is this. They all board a plane, and they're going to go overseas <laughs> to do a show, and the plane crashes on this island, okay? And on this island, there's this big fucking hatch, okay? And there's a smoke monster. That would be fucking awesome on TNA. Somebody's, ask, somebody's asking, did, uh, Shark, did you enjoy Shark Week? Didn't see it. <laughs> JJ, you better be careful. You know, Russo will hear this and that will be open. You better you better ring them open after your check. Man, no shit. Royalty's coming my way, baby. Listen, we all know, and it's been proven, that not only Vince Russo, but but Pat Patterson listened to this show. That's true. That's very true. Yes. Uh, on that note, Darius, is there anything else before we kind of close things out tonight? I just want to say one thing to JP. Man, you walked away from a match. You knew I had you beat. Everyone in the world knew I had you beat. You felt my, you felt my jiu-jitsu. You felt my striking. And when it comes to very main match, fella, I will be the next Intercontinental Champion and the Straight Edge cha- IC Champion of SCW. Thanks oh. very much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. All right, Daryl. We'll talk to you always. later, my friend. There we go. Bye bye. Good night, fella. The Straight Edge Cyber <laughs> Star, Dara O'Connor, ladies and gentlemen. And on that note, guys, I think we're going to give this a letter grade before we kind of pass. Pass a little bit, you know. Dave, we'll start off with you. What did you give tonight's show? Well, as I look at over the card, I mean, a lot of guys did some really good work. I mean, the FBI, Kid Cash, Simon Diamond, Johnny Swinger. Johnny Swinger looked great. Simon Diamond, uh, you could tell, had not been in a wrestling ring for quite a while because he's a, a very important uh, behind-the-scenes the uh, participant in TNA wrestling. Uh, Tony Mamaluke looked great. Kid Cash looked great. So they did a great job, even with the dance routine. I mean, that was more for the Impact crowd. And tonight was a little bit more, I think, for the Impact crowd than it was for the for the pay-per-view crowd. But, I mean, they they did a good job. Two Cold Scorpio and C.W. Anderson was really good, considering, as we said, Two Cold's 45, C.W. Anderson's 39. They look great. 
Stevie Richards and P.J. Polacco, not the greatest match I've ever seen, but once again, maximum effort. Rhino, Runt, and Snow, I don't think a lot of fans will enjoy very much. And, and I mean, Runt and Snow did their job, but, I mean, obviously the guy who's on the roster went over, which made sense. 3D, Axel and Cajones, uh, a.k.a. Balls, Mahoney, they were very formulaic and and had probably the entire show scripted for three weeks, every move by move, so I wasn't as huge on that. Raven and Dreamer were was outstanding for what it was because the two of them, best friends probably outside of the ring, wanted to put on a, a great show. And uh, Sabu and Van Damme was very good. Van Damme, obviously, two, back-to-back nights, Sabu and Abyss in two hardcore matches. you got to give him a lot of credit. And I would say a solid uh, letter grading, uh, B plus for for what it was and what it was trying to be, and for the effort that these guys put out because they knew it was a one night thing. B plus. Twenty minutes later, he finally gives me the fucking grade. Thank then, you so much, Dave. Well, sometimes I've given you three second explanations. You give me shit for that too. Yeah, I agree with B plus. You got to give me a clock, yeah. like like. Two minutes and 43 seconds. If that's what you want, that's what I'll do. I would have given it an A if it would have had a, a, a Benoit Guerrero wrestling, like really solid AJ Styles, Kurt Angle wrestling match, but it was missing that. Well, those, this roster couldn't have produced that. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. I guess they could have maybe crossed someone over from TNA or something to do a match with. Uh, yeah, then, then again, it's really hard, really hard to think like who they had that could have really had that match, too. So, yeah, I, I would take a solid B, plus, definitely. Mark the Shark to Carlo. Yes. <laughs> that was me doing my internet Dave impersonation. But You're anyways. supposed to say Al when I slap you, bitch. Anyways. No, you don't call me bitch on this show anymore. Anyways, we made an agreement. Anyways. Um, okay, asshole. I was Mr. Asshole. You're the Mr. Asshole of the network. That's true, I am. That's right. I am simply the shark. But anyways, I enjoyed the show. I thought it was very entertaining. There was a couple of comedic spots that I really had a problem with, uh, like the middle of the first match when they took time out of the match to start cutting promos. Wow, but Simon that was ha- exciting. Simon has a problem. Simon had a problem, <laughs> and the problem that Simon had is he hung out too much at the buffet table the last year. But anyways, having said all of that, I was entertained by uh, TNA's, uh, or pardon me, uh, the EV2 Hardcore Justice pay-per-view tonight it was very entertaining um i was entertained i as well give it a b plus are there any assholes in the building no don't answer no, that no ju- we know just, there are just one now there's many okay um as far as my letter grade for tonight i i really enjoyed the show um i know you're talking about cutting promos during the middle of a match i don't know how much of the ecw you watched that was the old ECW, but All that was it. that was sometimes a common occurrence. That during the middle of the match, the match would stop and something would happen. You know, where we'd have a comedy spot or something. So, in my opinion, they authenticated to the best that they could in any iteration of ECW. I didn't get to see a lot of the hardcore homecoming stuff that Douglas did. I would give this an A if it wasn't for the fact that guys like Shane Douglas weren't there tonight. The fact that Jerry Lynn and RVD didn't have that main event match. Um, I would have loved to have seen Shane Douglas tied up with Ric Flair. I don't know why that was such an outrageous request. Granted, Flair is not an ECW wrestler, but the feud that was going on at the time between Douglas and Flair, the war of words, I thought would have culminated so well tonight at the final uh, ECW show. 
And had that happened tonight, this pay-per-view, in my estimation, would have got an A. JJ, I have a question for you. And that, do you speculate that the reason that the Douglas Flair match didn't happen was Ric Flair? Of course, because I think Shane Douglas wanted to literally beat the fuck out of him. And I'm talking legit. And I know that Pillman is saying he thinks I'm crazy. And that's fine. You can think that I'm crazy. I'm entitled to my opinion. You're entitled to yours. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, and you're not going to tell me that I'm wrong. But the bottom line here, people, in my mind and in my opinion, is that I'm going to give this show a B. And it would have been an A if certain things would have happened. But overall, I give this pay-per-view a B, and it passes. And good for them. Good for them for putting on the show they did tonight. Again, does nothing for TNA. And and it does nothing for TNA, but I I think that the overriding, underlying factor in the whole evening, at least to me, was the fact that Tommy Dreamer is a world-class booker and that maybe in TNA's ongoing um, insistence to solicit Paul Heyman that they really got to take a look at the fact that Heyman is really uh, deeply tied up with uh, the career of Brock Lesnar in the MMA world and that in fact that maybe they need to look long and hard at replacing Vince Russo with none other than Tommy Dreamer. Just a thought. It won't happen. Tommy's not going to move Beulah and the kids to Nashville. Well, from what I understood, from, from what I understood, Vince Russo is out of the booking anyway. He's burnt out and is not booking the show. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. I'm pretty sure that you know Dreamer wouldn't have to move to Nashville to book the show. And one thing is, uh, Tommy Dreamer shadowed uh, Paul Heyman on many cases when they were booking. Uh, when Paul Paul Heyman had to go on business trips, Paul Heyman wasn't there. Uh, Tommy Dreamer was the go-to man. He ran all the merchandise. He ran all the marketing. Everything that Heyman needed, uh, Tommy Dreamer uh, did for Heyman. So Tommy Dreamer, I would love to see what Tommy Dreamer could do with him in full control with great talents like AJ, the Guns, uh, all, all these great... Uh, I would love for somehow Rude to get the flair push. Because, I mean, uh, Rude, I think, w- would have been the better guy to pick instead of AJ. Because Rude is has has the robe, he has all those old school Mister Perfect style moves. Rude would be awesome as a main eventer in TNA, and he should be at some point. I mean, they signed him to a long term contract, like five years. This is a guy that you need to do something with. I I can't wait to see Beer Money break up because Robert Rude is a star in in the making. I just don't know if TNA can make him a credible star. He's money. He is money. But on that note, on behalf of Internet Dave. Mark the Shark DiCarlo, Brad Ward of Gaming Ring, and of course myself, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. Thanks for joining us for the live coverage tonight of Hardcore Justice, the final nail in the coffin of ECW, ladies and gentlemen, or is it? We'll find out later on. On that note, song of the night, we're going out to my favorite old school ECW theme, and hell, it was the theme that I used when I walked down to the ring and suffered my first concussion So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow night for another edition of Wrestling News Live, 1130 Central, or excuse me, 1130 Eastern, 930 Mountain Standard Time right here on the SNS Radio Network. Guys, we'll see you later. 